Hello and welcome to the Answering Machine Service of Between the Shed podcast. Sorry we can't come to the phone right now. It's probably because we're in the middle of recording another cracking show with a fantastic lineup. In fact, the BTS team has just received some breaking news that there are LOA fanatics all over the country. And that is that we have a lot to talk about with our massive guests. Fabulous stuff. So don't forget to comment and subscribe on iTunes, and we want you to all get involved on social media as well without Paul asking, is the title race over? There are one for yes. There are two for still early days. Anyway, best of luck with leaving your message wherever you are. So leave it after the people and we'll be in touch with you as soon as possibly can. Come on the phone, which by I mean, don't dark time. How are you, Karen? It's uh, Connor Kearns uh, again. This is the third voice message I've left you. I don't know if you saw them, but uh, I saw that your co-host John has left the show recently. And uh, to be honest, I reckon I'd be an ideal replacement for him. Uh, like seriously, I could do a job. I know I'm young, but fairly experienced. And I don't know if you, you heard me on the Greatest League in the World podcast. Um, people seem to think I spoke very well. Uh, so yeah, just think about it. Uh, call me back if you get a chance. Thanks, Connor Kearns. Cheers. How are you? Sorry I'm late. All right, Carl. What's up? You look a bit depressed there. Well, yeah, like, you know, it's always been my dream to co-host a League of Ireland podcast. What? Yeah. Since since when? I always talk about it. You know, the buzz of being on the airwaves, giving my honest opinion on all the games, and the latest news in Irish football. Can't beat it. You played in too long, for fuck's sake. It's not the same. It's what's it's what important to me. I need to get into the podcast game, but Greatest League in the World wound onto my cards, and League of Ireland Weekly and Extra Time said it's just too much heat on me right now. Did you try them all? There must be other podcasts out there. Uh, RT Soccer? Good podcast, I mean. Nah, nah, there's no one else. Ah, fuck's sake. I just don't understand. I thought I spoke really well on the podcast. No, honestly, bro, you did. You spoke really, really well. What am I going to do now? It's hopeless. Here, leave it with me. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. Every night when I go out, the weasel's on the table. Take a stick and knock it off, pop goes the weasel. from the East End, episode 98. We have a packed show today. We've got re- reviews of the brand and UCD games. We've got brands fans' reaction, members' corner with Jim Toner, an interview with UEFA's Cypriot correspondent, John Leonidou, for all the lowdown on Apollon Limassol in the next round. And that's all before I tell you who's with me here today in Johnny Blues, because the hoops are still in Europe, and so is Gary Parsons. So it's going to be a family affair today. We've got Carol Kearns, and Connor Kearns. Welcome, lads. Cheers, prof. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hello, sir, for Christmas. It's <laughs> dated, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so we're recording this late on uh, Sunday night. We're just home from the game, uh, the UCD game at Tada. 
and we're in the famous Johnny Blues as per usual. What do you make of the place, Connor? Yeah, lives up to his expectations. Uh, not very structured, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Might as well be my first time here, though, to be yeah. fair. You don't remember much of the previous time. You'd obviously heard about the twig poster and the, the Linfield seed and all this. Yeah, I was wondering if I was going to get my own poster put up there to match Gary Twigs on, but other than that, yeah, that was it. Well, if anyone can send us a frame follow of you <laughs> climbing the steps with the Bowes van in chase, I, I would love that photo. Would I? Give that photographer all of the awards. Because yeah, <laughs> that is them. just it's the best photo I've ever seen. Sports. Non-sports. So, uh, Carl, like Barney, uh, last week's guest host, you were at that first ever end-of-season special back in 2017, and I think you enjoyed the replay of that and Leicester Senior Cup story, didn't you? That uh, still stands out as my favourite moment of all the podcasts. <laughs> Sensational. I remember he was telling it at the time. I couldn't believe it. What a bloke. <laughs> Are you so, man? That's coming home with me. <laughs> it's one of the best lines ever. I think my favourite part was, he's just leaving. He, he had to tap people on the shoulder and, and one of them was Owen Heary <laughs> I was like Owen if you're listening I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. would you believe that that's, that's only my second favourite Anto story oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one he's never told in the podcast this is just one that me and Gar have held on to for a long time because it might have been a bit insensitive while a certain goalkeeper was playing for our club Tomer Hinchinski oh, no. oh, so no. this was at Oriel Park on the opening day of the 2017 season right so we just signed Tomer Hinchinski. And the other way, it's always great crack when you don't know anything about a foreign signing and you're just sort of learning about him on their Wikipedia page. So we had just started the podcast back then, uh, that week actually. And Gareth said on the show that Tomer represented Canada at the 2005 Jewish Olympics. So this fella Anto, the guy who stole the Nestle Senior Cup, he's standing in front of us on the terrace at Oriel. And he's as gargled as he was as the day he stole the Nestle Senior Cup from Talca Park and he's intrigued by this new Tomer fella as well so he turns around to us and he goes what did you say about him Gar? he's a world champion Jew <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe he said that <laughs> <laughs> yep oh, that happened yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one <laughs> so we've had uh, fathers and daughters on the show before we had John and Karen Connolly we had Dangerous Dave and Risky Rebecca that one nearly turned to a, a domestic so this is the first for Tales from the East and two brothers so what are you like to live with I'll start with you Carol uh, we get on much better now to be fair yeah in the last week he only started speaking to me last yeah, week in fairness, fairness. Yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, he, he only recently became my favourite brother yeah. and I only have one um, <laughs> yeah, I think we get on alright Helped me not being around much, yeah. Well, because when I'm around, there isn't other Jays earlier. And you could have signed with Bowers that time, that could have changed the relationship. That would have been, I wouldn't have left, yeah. we wouldn't have been brothers or left together anymore. Yeah, this would have really turned yeah. sour there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have had all that going. Shed isn't that comfortable, like you wouldn't have been, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have got on great there. So, who's the better boxer of the two? Carl, me, you batter me, definitely 100%. Yeah, yeah. So tell people who don't know about this, you actually went around with Andy Lee recently. I did for uh, for charity for cystic fibrosis. Um, did a fundraiser. I was a big boxing fan growing up, and this opportunity came up, and uh, I said I had to do it, and it was great. But I was very, very vulnerable. I've never felt more vulnerable in my life. <laughs> like I, he would, I was just at his whatever he wanted to do, we could have done. Thankfully, I jumped jumped out. It was fine. But the fella asked me wasn't so lucky and got sparked. Oh, did he come yeah. back from Norway? Probably the most down. vulnerable I've seen you. 
Who? The day he came back from Norway. Fairly vulnerable yeah, that day as well. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he was well Jared in that trip. Yeah. I tell you. It was my birthday. I was allowed. <laughs> I, how, how many times did I use that excuse? Uh, no more than 18. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> holidays. That yeah. was on the day of the Dundalk game. It was yeah. like, what was it? One, one or two months ago. Yeah. And uh, some mates you have because I remember talking to Booker at the game. I was like, how come you're not there watching Carl? And he goes, because I'm at this. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's solid. Sorry. Fair enough. Rob was above mates. Yeah. Um, in fairness, I'm surprised he missed up an opportunity to see me get punched in the face. <laughs> I'm shocked. Actually, surprised the whole role of support wasn't there. There'll be other opportunities. Day. I didn't want to play that day. I just wanted to go and watch it get sparked. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I know what everybody's thinking. They're thinking, us here at Tales from the East Ham, we're just being clever and we're being cheeky by bringing in Conor Kearns immediately after what happened in that Bowes game. But no, actually, and the two lads can testify to this, when was this show arranged? Ah, it's ages, isn't it? Weeks ago. Weeks ago, yeah. Crack weeks, weeks, ago. weeks ago. Pre-planned it. We can actually, I'll put up the screenshots. Please do. We need evidence. Long, long time ago. It was at least four or five weeks ago, yeah. I'd say. It's actually changed the shape of the conversation as well. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. The idea was kind of we're playing the game and then yes. analyse it. Yes. Fortunately, you didn't get the opportunity <laughs> to play in that game. Yeah, like, as you said, the idea was that you were playing the game. So... All you had to do was just <laughs> not get banned for the game on the day of the podcast. For you had you had one job. Yeah. For a goalkeeper, yeah. that's not that difficult. It really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually had to go out of my way to do it, in fairness, <laughs> and uh, expertly yeah. did. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get into the whole situation uh, a bit later on. By the way, we normally only have one Bose listener to the Roberts podcast, and for some reason he thinks we care what he thinks about our Roberts podcast, but we... Absolutely don't. Oh, oh this God, is God. my this is my friend, is it? Yeah, are you bringing up this person today? Um, oh, God. No, I'm not <laughs> going to mention them by name, but he knows. Yeah, well, as you can say, I think it's going to be quite a few more Bowser supporters listen to this one. I'm looking forward to... Yeah. Rent-free. Checking out the figures <laughs> <laughs> on, this, uh, on this podcast. But as always, Bowser fans, thanks for listening. And uh, we might even call out Connor's email address later if you want to send in some love <laughs> letters. Address, alarm call. Call number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If any, any players are listening and want to break his hands, we can give out the address. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank uh, Lee Barnwell for filling in last week. I thought he spoke very well. He, he spoke very well. Very well. Spoke very well. Yeah. Very well. And uh, a lot of people said to me, actually, Gary should be very worried. He was that good. Barney could host his own podcast, to be best, fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, the only thing is, who would want to present him when he's sitting in the nip all the time? <laughs> It, it was it was a challenge. It had, to, it had to have been uncomfortable. It was. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So some feedback. Maybe Kenny Barrett actually. <laughs> they would get along like peas in the pot. But uh, some feedback just quickly on the episode. Crafty Hoop on the farm. He said super episode. Great to hear all the first time crack crack from Bergen and very sound input from Northside Hoopaholic. That's his name on the Ultras Farm. <laughs> all the way through. What's your name on the Ultras Farm, Carl? I think it was SRFC 1901 yeah. and I wrecked my head because Bucket will probably be mentioned later on then signed up to it as SRFC hyphen 1901 oh for god's sake like I wasn't creative but he just robbed my name that's that's still it's still factually incorrect as well which is even worse now I know yeah fucking is James Lowe's flag you're probably on there somewhere Connor are you incognito incognito yeah oh you hate balls uh, the Hoop said great episode lads great to match your voice to Northside Hoopaholic I miss his essays I dream of a long form 
form where every post has to be a table of contents and footnotes. He's a bit of a footballing philosopher, isn't he? You should probably give him a regular slot, stick him in a toga and pan to him when you need a bit of calm. I'm all for him wearing a toga. Just, I'm all for him wearing anything, anything really. Anything, just, yeah. Anything. Just wear clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, his shirtless exploits don't just end at Rovers. Uh, Gallagher concerts in Cork as well. Did you see that video? No. Oh, it's sensational. I was so upset. I remember that video sent to the group <laughs> and it was just some random film and everyone paused yeah. it. Like, is, that, is that Barney was top off? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. But this year I saw the Connolly as well, right next to him. Yeah, there's a big in the Rovers, video. Big Rovers contingent. Big Rovers following there. I think as well and I didn't go. I was sick. So we ran a little competition on Rovers chat and that was to guess who our two guest hosts today were. And there were some pretty wild and random guesses. <laughs> although the very first one was the only one to actually mention either of you. Yeah. And that was Paul McGrath. And he said, Carl Karen's brother and Tobias. You know, the disgruntled yeah, oh, gentleman Tobias, from, yeah. Nor- from Norway. Yeah. Now, that would have been a show. That would have been a show. Yeah. Really I didn't would. like being told I was a fifth, mid-50s Shamrock Rovers lout. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Tobias. He's, he's taking a person here. Other guesses, uh, J- I did get told I looked like Shane McGowan on that, except <laughs> with better teeth. <laughs> Take it. Yeah, Other guesses, uh, Jay Nino, yeah, Jay said that himself. Dan Fulham said Noel O'Brien and the Smurf. Jason Maloney said Louis Kilcoyne and James Talbot. Uh, Carol, you guessed Dan <laughs> Fulham and Huberman. <laughs> You obviously weren't allowed to enter this competition. <laughs> you know that maybe you're just throwing people off the scent. Tell you that was a bit. When Which I, saw, I saw Paulie's. I was like, oh Jesus, it might be on us. Not the spanner on the works. Other guesses: Tommy Butler, Pat Flynn, and Ronaldo, two Brennan brothers, Forky and Buzz, Jason Maloney, Ray Wheel, and so. The winner was nobody. <laughs> Could you imagine? Nobody got it. It was Tommy Kelly. Barney. <laughs> oh wow this place will be upended I went first encounter with Tommy Kelly recently <laughs> how'd that go yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not upset yeah. <laughs> nice guy pleasant guy <laughs> right so, yeah, so nobody won our, our contest the prize was a free ticket to the home leg against Apollon so I don't know I'll have to think of a new competition or something Um. Barney didn't make it over to Bergen, Carol, but uh, you did. It was it was some trip, wasn't it? It was brilliant. I've been on four or five trips. Definitely the best so far. It was a result of the huge part of the plane, obviously. Um, but even the weather, the place itself, the fact that the Rover trips, you'd make friendships that people you never knew before. Karaoke. Car- fucking, don't mention karaoke. <laughs> There's, there's video evidence of this there's karaoke yeah, I didn't know. I didn't time. know until the next day. <laughs> yeah. I was sick. Someone came up to me and was like, some video of you last night. It's like bollocks. He texted me <laughs> yeah. midway through the night. I, I woke up in the morning at a text from Kyle. Just butchered the stone roses. So karaoke. <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> and the tram ride. It was up there with the Stockholm train, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I believe so. At that stage now, I was probably, <laughs> probably fairly, fairly well on. You were still yeah, casually vomiting at this point, were you? Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That doesn't need. To, that doesn't need to go on the, in the episode. It doesn't <laughs> need to. No. I still. Yeah, casual as you like. And the uh, best, the best part of the trip, or the, those trips, is the walk from the bar to the stadium. Yeah, and the police escort, and the police escort. Yeah, and the astonished locals. I just love the bewildered look yeah. in their faces. Yeah. As just, just remember a woman's jaw dropping. Yeah, like people like coming home from work. What is this? Yeah, 
Poor people. As you said, my main times was your birthday, so. It was my birthday. Hence, any behaviour I exhibited on that trip can be forgotten. Or allowed. Just a vote. I get a free pass, I think. And then I'm going to have to come up with something for Cyprus as well. Mm. Because my behaviour and that's going to have to get looked, uh, looked over. So I found out none of the tour from Carl. He came home and I said, how was the trip? And he said, ah, happens on tour. And I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen him, I didn't see him for two days. Because <laughs> he knew it would all come up again in the podcast. You'd hear about it. Oh, yeah, I had a fear, I have to say. A couple of days. Like, bollocks. Actually, look. What happens on tour? So, Conrad, did you watch the game on TV? Uh, what did you make of the performance? It did. Um... First 20 minutes, I think the first goal came against the run of play. I was massively impressed by how Robert started. Um, and I think, realistically, it probably wasn't the best performance, especially compared to the second leg. The second leg was phenomenal. Um, after the first goal went in, probably faltered a little bit. But still, matching them blow for blow. wasn't the highest quality game. But uh, brutal, I think yeah. you get two goals away mm. from home in the European leg and limit them. To me, the goals were... Very good, very good strike from 25 yards and a penalty, so they didn't create mm. a whole rake of chances. Um, but one or two half chances, Greener probably had one. It's unfortunate not to see at the back end now, but uh, it felt like a win, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Score on that the late. nature of the goal. I mean, I think you, you get two goals away from home in Europe and take a result back it's for any for any team in the League of Ireland. It's fantastic, it's all you can ask, really. Particularly going in unfancied as well, yeah, completely mm. unfancied. Yeah, mm. to go there. I had 20 euro 8 to 1. 86, I know, yeah. <laughs> It's Aaron, quite a, Aaron Green, I'll send you my eye ban. <laughs> it's quite the scalp, wasn't it? I mean, Norwegian opposition, we'd, we'd struggled against them in history. I believe we had about 20% of their budget. So this yeah, is a scalp. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You see how, how much they were expected to win. Their fans slated them after, after oh, the second leg. Oh, I didn't fierce actually fierce see abuse. people. Was, was, was the articles posted up on the podcast Twitter of the Nor- Norwegian papers the day after and it was just caning mm. brand. <laughs> Uh, but no, I didn't I, think they were up to much I'd say yeah, even in the second leg I mean we I showed them an awful lot of respect believe how many times that centre half kicked the ball out of the play in the first 20 minutes mm. and I just think they I don't know if it was an attitude thing for them or playing square balls yeah, pass back it was a genuine uh, lack of ability but I mean they couldn't get a sniff off Jack Brown in the second game nah, he, he was firing he was firing away that above any level any, any of their mm. players for the supposed you know, budget difference and facility difference and standards of leagues, he was far and away the best player. The stadium was great, wasn't it? Apart yeah, from, I, from, I love that stadium. Apart yeah. from the lack of gargle. I was horrified when I went in. It's like, drink, yeah, yeah. I'm cold. I was like, absolutely no way. Any point now. <laughs> it's not like you. And uh, as Alabama Robert says to us, uh, we broke the air sport curse. A draw over there oh, and a win yeah. at home because we've got a bloody awful record on air sport. I know because I always record the games and then go back to watch them and just have to delete them straight away. Yes, Gar <laughs> goes home and watches the games again. I don't know how he does that. Actually, we had the uh, sure we thought we missed the last six minutes of the actual game that was recorded yeah. as well. Maloney has a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> panic stations. But yeah, uh, that, yeah. that recorded. And I went in the next day to watch it. Watched the whole game. Got to the last bit. It was like the ninety-third minute. And the game cut off. I cut it. off. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> So we beat Brand 2-1 at home in the second leg. Uh, Graham Cummins was back in in place of Aaron Green. Dylan Watts came in. So Cavo went left wing back and Trevor Clark dropped to the bench. So what did you make of this uh, starting 11 first of all? A big call to drop Trevor Clark, but it's something that many of us did anticipate. I think for one, having played against him, Sean Cavanaugh, bar 
Paul Jack Byrne has been the best player in the league that I've played against. Um, so I think it probably added a bit more solidity without being as direct as Trev was. Um, so he's probably minding defensively. He doesn't bomb on as much as Trev. He doesn't go bombing. He's probably, I mean, Trev is a way more attack minded player. Now, Sean has the ability when he goes forward to cause a lot of problems. But he's probably not as, I wouldn't say reckless, but he's just a little bit more disciplined defensively. Hmm. Um, and you can see there was a definite caution to balance, especially formation wise, you can see it was a caution to balance the attack and defence, um, especially with Bulger sitting in deep. So I think, as I said, anticipatable. I think he got a spot on at the end because it nullified a lot of brands' threats, didn't we? Create anything. The goal was it. Well, maybe I'm being naive, but I actually think we showed them. Look, look, we got the results, so who's going to. He was kind of give out, but I actually thought we showed him too much respect. I thought the back five was a bit excessive. I thought if we'd have played similar formation we played today, four in a box and the two, I think we would have beat him anyway. Probably could have been. It was a Jack Burns <laughs> show, really. I think any formation again, though, with the way he played. Yeah, skip him on the ball. Yeah. It was, Cummins was a surprise one for me as well. Um, because it seemed to be a very uh, attack-minded formation with trying to stretch them. Uh, and keep them open to the centre and he would obviously have been a deeper sitting player trying to link up yeah. so it was a Greener runs into the challenge excellent, <laughs> excellent yeah, it I mean, didn't really happen for a Cummins did it like we couldn't really get the ball to stick to him up there no mm. it was to finding his feet in the team you know he's, he's, yeah. uh, he's relatively new into the team and it's a big game to be thrown into but uh, he, look, yeah. he looked he looked unfit as hell yeah. when he came off he looked I like mean, he was blowing yeah. a bit I mean Dan Carr for the 11 minutes that he ran was absolutely phenomenal Sensational yeah, for about eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Four minutes, yeah. season move. I'm done. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before the game, a big cheer went up when Carl and Connor arrived in the eighty ninety nine bar. You're not used to that sort of reception, are you, Carl? <laughs> no, no, he's just bills and like bottles being thrown. <laughs> yeah, other other occasions. Um, never seen nothing like that ever. But if I played everyone for that, that's pretty. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you a lot of people come up to you, Connor. Yeah, it came with the cap on to keep the head down, keep the low profile. You said that to be coming in, yeah. Like eight seconds and the music went off and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know it, know it the high. Connor Kearns who he hates balls. Yeah. Hey, so, yeah it, was, it, was, it was nice. Appreciated the reception. Um, I've never been, I'm going to take more pictures. Yeah, night. it was, yeah. People kept asking me to fucking take pictures. For half them. of them were just, half people came up to me, I've amazed the balls fan. <laughs> Send them a photo with you. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. How many autographs did you sign as Jerry Cinema? <laughs> oh, exceptional amount. Homeless Jerry Cinema. <laughs> Homeless, Homeless Jerry Cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a much better reception, by the way, than you got the last time you were in Tyler because you yeah. were actually playing that day. You weren't banned, Connor. And <laughs> the, fans behind, the fans behind the goal uh, shouted, you fat bastard, and various things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Parsons copped your proper's cunt at one stage. <laughs> which was, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to be, sorry, <laughs> uh, tongue and cheek, in fairness. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was a part of football, isn't it? I mean, if he'd won that game, would have given it to Legend from the Rovers fans and confused everyone. You wouldn't have dragged in. No, yeah, it was nice to get a decent reception when I got in there. I wasn't anticipating it really, to be honest. So it was. I remember Carol looking around that day and just being like, "I will fight all of you." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, said you've never enjoyed a role as men less. As as uh, as Aussie Nate would say, mixed emotions. Mixed emotions. Stan Nate, that yeah, he's Nate, a mad man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was delighted as I had to watch the game today without him in my ear. <laughs> broken sunglasses. Yeah, another man I'd my first encounter with. Yeah, you remember that one? Oh God, yeah. So did you get a free curry from uh, Ray Winner? Did Chef Ray sort me out with a free curry uh, despite my protests and 
protests of the numerous supporters as well. They all wanted to pay. Wanted to pay. But uh, yeah, solid. Plenty of right. Where's my free curry? Surely it's by like 10, free, 10 curries get one free. And I'm definitely on that at this stage. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll leave it to Ray. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Tarmy on Twitter said, kudos to the UCD keeper. Even though he's suspended for Sunday, he was down scouting out the opposition. Yeah. Yeah, it was all tactical. Uh, I thought to get into the mind frame of the Rovers, as a club, it would be best to stand in the south stand amongst the supporters, uh, full view of the pitch. Um, and it worked. Yeah. The tactic. By the way, Carl got what, exactly what he wanted there. He wanted the sound of the can opening. He yeah. says that's the highlight of the show. Every show. Listen up to this point and then that's it. Connor has now begun drinking his orange. Um, by the way, I can't believe you had to, you had to pay into this game. You should have got a guard of honour. Oh, to, yeah, to, 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 yeah. yeah, on Thursday, yeah. I'd like to apologise. No, that's fine. Well, anything I can help with the club. I'm say he I was going to go. Up, yeah, he bought the ticket. <laughs> fairness, I, just up. I was going to say my name at the gate and hoping that I would just open yeah. both of them into, <laughs> into, the, into the Connor Cairn suite onto the pitch before the game. So, uh, Bran brought uh, maybe they have maybe a couple of hundred. This crowd, crowd, yeah, much better than I thought. Much better. Yeah, uh, there was pictures of their mob drinking in town. Kept popping up on social media beforehand, but their faces would always be obscured by the little scarfer cartoon. And uh, James Lowe, who's a bit of a detective, it seems, he found the original photo without the, their faces obscured. And it was just a bunch of normal people having a quiet drink. Like, half of them were women. It's basically 15 props. <laughs> like, it, it was not intimidating at all. At all like. And uh, James, by the way, he played a stormer. He, uh, he got the Sandry Hills flag back, by the way. It was returned to him by the Celtic Bergen group. They heard about it that, that day. How do you and, feel about that? Fuck Celtic. <laughs> so anyway, they went and got the flag back from. So I appreciate that aspect of, of Celtic. But uh, so he got it back in time for the game. Hung it up on the sales stands in full view of the Brand fans. And uh, Brand's Facebook chat, they had I think like a couple of days earlier they had called the the nerd flag because <laughs> the picture of James standing next to the flag was there. I was like, oh yeah, great, we got a nerd flag. And then James replied when he got back, couldn't even hold on to your nerve like. He <laughs> <laughs> had a good back and forth with uh, yeah. one of them on, on Instagram. All right. And then you found the guy who took the flag. You found him on Instagram and you had the page open ready for the full-time whistle. And then as soon as the ref blew the whistle, he sent him the message like, fuck you, signed Santry Hoops. <laughs> Your mouth was trying to be like magnanimous and like, oh, best of luck in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> back. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> there was no game. <laughs> My So we'll uh, have a look at the first half. Only kind of a few half chances, I would say. Finn was kind of true on goal at one point. He forced a save from the keeper. They had a couple of shots, went over and wide. And they had a fair bit of the ball towards the end of the first half without really being threatening, were they? Top peak, I was immense, uh, and same as Lee Grace. You can see they're going for little combinations in around the edge of the box, and that wasn't working at all um, for a large part of the, f- the first half. Um, so whenever they got in around the box, there was never much of a threat. I didn't think there's really. A few, yeah, a few good like blocks and interceptions. Yeah, there was like interceptions that were being nicked out, and there was little bits and pieces like that that were that were snuffed out really. They were quite deep. I thought. Um, at half time we're walking over to the suite and someone goes that was a crap first half we'll take another 45 but that 
Well, definitely would have done. Was it you, was it? Yeah. yeah. Was it? <laughs> I don't remember a lot of what you were saying. <laughs> the left back was class, though, wasn't he? He really stood out for them. Was that man? So no, that was the Bali fella. It was the Bali guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was impressed with the right back in phases at one point where they nearly hit Robbins on the counter. He completely burned Sean Kavanagh. Went on a run for about 65, 70 yards, second half. And I think that level of energy they had was the only thing that could really threaten. Running run them off them. Run them off them, yeah. They were quite... Like the goal, which is the nature of it, wasn't it? Mm. Kind of a bit of a lapse. Mm. Ref was quite lenient as well. It took a long time for a yellow to come out of his pocket. But uh, so the start of the second half, we had a good start. Uh, Boyle fizzed one across the box. We uh, kind of created a couple of opens. There was a funny moment where the ball boy wouldn't give the ball back to their goalkeeper. Imagine you've been through this many a time in your yeah. career, Connor. I think it was like the keeper was holding up his hands, waiting for it. And then the youngster was just like, eh, no, and just, <laughs> just, just kept holding it and then threw it away or something. Standard. I don't know about you guys, but I always had a kind of a bad feeling that they were going to score at some stage, even though we were containing them. I just had a bad feeling they would get goal. We, we spoke about it in our WhatsApp group. That there was no way we were going to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. Even though we have been quite very good defensively for a large parts this season, I think we always said they were going to score some way, shape, or form. Like the way it came was a bit of a surprise. I thought it was going to be maybe a yeah. bit of magic or something, but it was just like a, it was a bit of a mistake. Off but I f- never thought we were going to keep a clean sheet. Off the first leg, I wasn't anticipating like a total football goal from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't expecting to come around and especially after the first half I didn't think they were going to be popping the ball around and, and Carver was open and score um, I thought it was going to be a set piece or a, a, a lapse as it was um, but yeah defend, it, was, it was probably one moment in the game where defensively weren't very up. solid yeah, because for the rest of the game didn't, I didn't think they looked like they were going to get a sniff for the last part of the game and the next team to come out of nowhere I thought the man that scored a goal looked dangerous he looked sharp but it, uh, it was bamba mm-hmm. That was probably their worst spell in the whole game. Like that 10 mm. minutes leading up to that goal was their worst spell and mm. they scored. And you got the commentators curse from uh, Pat Fennan saying, oh yeah, Rora's looking very comfortable here. And then someone beside me who shall rem- remain nameless saying, Carol, these are shy. These are shy. And sure enough, we scored about a minute after he said that. Was that me? No, it wasn't you. I would have named you. <laughs> <laughs> So they scored after 58 minutes, as I said, Bamba, a.k.a. Mr. T. And it was a long, <laughs> that was a great show. Yeah, long, hopeful ball down the middle, and then he rounded Alamanis. Fair be it for you to uh, criticise Mr. Manis, uh, Connor, but could he have done more here? I'm in no position to criticise him. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know, he man was dangerously quick. I think he made the decision and came and committed as early as he could. Uh, nearly took him out, actually. I yeah, nearly took him that out. That was yeah, my worry, I mean, yeah, if he'd have taken him. It's, that might have been game over. Difficult one. Well, the ball's travelling towards you at that pace. It, I always think it's going to favour you. Uh, it was a very clever flick on. I thought hmm. sent forward, did very, very well. It was at the 10. Just glanced it into him. But yeah, I'm never going to criticise Alan Manis ever. A glorious man. <laughs> Carol's favourite goalkeeper in the whole world, he told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I said that. Yeah. that way. I stand, stand by it. I'm not even in the top five. Alan <laughs> yeah. Manis five times in the top five. So, uh, Brazzer actually alluded to this as well. A couple of lads around me said it. Was this goal a blessing in disguise in some ways? I think it inspired the changes and the changes then kind of changed the game. Um, we did not though, so otherwise, otherwise I think we were going to see it in and play that way and try and grind it out mm. we did say when the goal went in there was a definite change in tempo and 
there was no more you couldn't couldn't show them respect couldn't be fearful you had to just go and go for them mm. and uh, I think no choice. the mm. first goal was one and then the second goal even kind of epitomised that where he had gas breaking from midfield whereas a lot of teams you wouldn't have seen two central fields in and around mm. the 18 yard box at one all we didn't so, necessarily need it but I think that knocked on from the effect of how the game panned out because they got one down there was just more belief and optimism that you could go and go and carve them open and create, mm. create chances so it probably was a blessing there yeah, because it was rather earlier than God forbid a late yeah, one if it happened, yeah. it happened yeah. later it was a good time actually game. for them to score yeah. mm. as, as soon as we went in everyone's had loads of time yeah. half an hour we can yeah. go and go for it the fans were actually amazing from this yeah. point Brilliant. Like I've seen games where the fans have gotten behind the team before, but I don't think I've ever seen to this extent since the Michael O'Neill era, where the fans just rallied behind the team I think and I got said, us back into this. I said in, um, on the Rover chat that it was one of the best nights I've ever had in Tallaght. I think it was. Atmosphere-wise, I've never seen anything like that. South Sand makes a huge difference like, yeah. to, the, to the noise. Just close it in a bit. The video was classed under the Mac and F song. I think I'd said it to you earlier on in the season um, in the one defeat in Tala I was down to nine men that uh, after the game I said I can't remember the last time because I obviously been drifting out in terms of going to matches since I started playing um, You were at that game because it was a Tuesday night so it was Tuesday. a rare one that you could attend I could to, yeah. Yeah. and uh, there was just a, it's the first time I've seen a, a Rovers team not only a derby, but like lose a game in a long time and not be caned for it. That was and actually, you, you couldn't because of the effort. But there seems mm. more about this team where the gen- when the genuine effort is there, there is still a genuine belief in the category we players. We really, really good that night as yeah. well. We're very unfortunate. Unbelievable, yeah. I think someone said they, they know a Bowles fan and they were sick that we responded so well to the players <laughs> post <laughs> that win. Because yeah. um, they said, look, they down to nine men like they were up against it and they, they really rallied and played really well and the atmosphere I think the other night almost topped that like there's real belief in the ability and real respect for the work rate the when work, it's there yeah. and when it's, it's been there yeah. on the majority of occasions this season it's the best feeling I think towards we're all seeing in a long, long time yeah definitely mm. most welcome team yeah that I've that I've seen since the Mick O'Neill era probably yeah. even then people shall, shall remain nameless had issues with that team <laughs> but uh, yeah Brazzo was actually very complimentary towards the fans normally I sort of ask him the question about the fans but this case I've interviewed him twice about this game now and this is the first thing he says really? it's his yeah. first answer he brings up how blown away by the fans he was in that game if you, so could, kind if of you, could, repeat, if you could repeat those yeah. type of crowds mm-hmm. that type of atmosphere it was a much electric. more attractive league, wouldn't it? Like, absolutely I mean, it was, electric. I know it was used to but I was it was disappointing not to see as much of a knock on effect today. No, I wonder today, so like even if we were playing this weather. say someone else another small team like Pats or something, like it might like one of the if the crowd would have been it would have been the same. Yeah, you have to wonder. Because I thought the bare minimum you're bound to lose numbers off the European game and the travelling support yeah. was obviously wasn't gonna be there and there was never gonna be a whole lot of edge to the game, but you'd hope to have been some form of a knock on effect. But uh Traditionally, no, the our fan base have seen to turn their noses up at two fixtures every single year, whether or not they're in the top flight, but, and that's UCD and Bray. So what I would say is, that crowd, when we played them earlier in the season, was great. in March, that was 3,000. I have mm-hmm. never seen a crowd for a Rovers game that high against yeah. UCD. So I think we won the title. There was an atmosphere at that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pitch invasion as well after the goals. 
Yeah, I couldn't fucking picture I couldn't Patience. believe playing that. I actually thought going into that game because <coughs> you know, past experience that it wasn't going to be as, mm. as jammed and then... It was a great crowd. It was a great crowd. And I think that's, again, today was probably a little bit different, but it ties into the level of optimism and belief in the team. It's a bunch of snobs at the club. Let's <laughs> go to the Jays' games. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's about uh, seven or eight games, I think, by the way, in a row where we're shooting into the sales stand in the second half. We weren't today, actually, but no, yeah, until, until before today, mm. we keep doing it. It must be intentional. I think you find that a lot though, don't you? Like, yeah. it's like Liverpool want to uh, play into the cup in the second half, and mm. I think it's a national thing. You want to play into the did it against us. Play into the square. It did it against us, and I remember thinking during the game, Don and Tala, this would be a totally different game if we were down the other end. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if it's just a psychological aspect, but when you're defending and you have that crowd on your back, hear all the comments. You can hear <laughs> urging the ball into the goal when Rovers mm. are attacking. It does add that little bit of. Because I remember when the first goal went in and Rowe was then, obviously you were down the south stand that we were the opposite end. The difference in that celebration compared to the decibel levels that went up yeah. when the second goal went in is because they're right on top of you. Mm. So I can imagine that had, must have had something to do with it. So chances at this point, we had uh, Cummins had a soft header that was saved mm. and then he ended up getting replaced for Dan Kerr. Dylan Watts probably didn't have a particularly good game either. He was replaced by uh, Aaron McAniff. So our equaliser came on 76 minutes. Jack Byrne, I think everybody has watched this back about 100 wow. times now. You got Dan, he- Dan Kerr winning the header. Lovely, controlled, quick pass from Ronald Finn. And these two touches from Jack Byrne mm. are outrageous. How many times have you watched this? Uh, it's, uh, like, uh, even, I didn't get to sleep that night until about 3 o'clock in the morning I just kept the goals up on air spot and <laughs> kept watching it over and over again I, it. Not, I don't think there's another player in the league that was, would be able to execute that it was, we said it straight away when I went yeah. in we said if that was the fault that any player you could see there was a sense of when they took the first touch everyone knew he was going to score yeah. and he like, just when he was in that position well. I watched it back though and the one thing I noticed was that when he took the touch and scored initially it felt like it took about 15 seconds before the whole mm. thing panned out the ball by Finn like the ball by Finn was cracking pass I thought he, he it, waited it well like. it, it, but it does, it's a bit of a bobble on it it's not as if he like rolled into because he has to take it on the half yeah, but at the end of the half burn, yeah. like he can give yeah. it to him <laughs> but yeah I actually so, thought Finn yeah. no, no, it was, it was good it the, the angle I was good I um, thought and Carr was great for it as well Carr was brilliant fair, because <laughs> we'll get to him later <laughs> 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 we'll get to his last four minutes <laughs> but though, you need to see the view of the skull from behind the sales stand to fully appreciate this touch it's just unbelievable and uh, Jack did his weasel celebration. Uh, oh, have, got the ins- have the players explained? We've got the inside scoop. Connor oh, got it. Far away. Far away. Prepared, prepared. prepared to be massively underwhelmed. Oh, no. Um, yeah. This, this, this could be untrue, but Gary O'Neill, I was talking to him, said it comes from Jack Burns' nickname, which is Weasel. Given hey. to him by Aaron Green. Mm-hmm. Because he resembles a weasel. Isn't that underwhelming? Yeah, that's enough. I was expecting like, way yeah, more. I yeah. was really looking forward to getting a scoop on it, and it's yeah. I'm, I'm, I I apologise to everyone for having to edit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have actually have to edit that. It's a bit anticlimactic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but podcast moments. This is going to go very, 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 very yeah. low. Listen, I'm all for being informative <laughs> in this podcast. It's important. Thing. So then the winning goal came on 87 minutes. So Gary O'Neill. On only his second ever appearance for Rovers. Fairy tale stuff. Uh, Dan Kerr again, in fairness, like we mentioned, he yeah, was great when he came on. Yeah. Just before this, actually, he he set up a chance. I can't remember who it was for. 
But uh, he basically created three best chances in the second mm. half. He wasn't he even on that. that long. That's why he's so frustrating because he has all of the ability. Yeah. yeah. He chased that hopeless ball into the channel on a couple of occasions and did mm. unbelievably well. Oh, yeah, the one where he, he, yeah, he yeah. nicked the centre half yeah. and he knocked it back to the edge of the box. Yeah. So when the score goes in, obviously, wild scenes in his, in his excitement. Uh, Conor O'Sullivan pressed Robbers 1, Brand 2 on the scoreboard. He hoped no one notice. He got pitch invasions and he had fines. Fines everywhere. Oh, yeah. As far as the eye can see. Yeah, so he had two young lads. Having their, having their own penalty shootout between themselves and the goal. We had... Uh, probably the hero with God was the young fellow who came on. And yeah, okay. as Connor was pointing to his temple there. And he's just saying, right, keep the heads, lads, concentrate. He saw that goal going and goes, I know what I have to do. I have to calm <laughs> everybody down. Me. Not all heroes wear capes, right? <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, their goalkeeper aggressively grabbed one of uh, the young fellows on the pitch... Then he realised he was about nine years old, so he let him go. Yeah, wise decision. So, describe these scenes, uh, Carol. Uh, to my right was uh, Conor Foley on his back. To my left was Nate stuck between two seats with broken sunglasses on his head. Again he broke Yeah, them. again, yeah. He, he turned up with a new pair today, though. I don't know why he keeps getting them. <laughs> but, uh, ah, they were unbelievable. It was a sensational goal as well. Dan Fulham turns to me and goes, that goal actually doesn't make a huge difference. Really. No, no, it does. Gaz, <laughs> Gaz was texting me after the game and he said, uh, not going to lie to you, when I scored, I completely forgot that we were winning already, so uh, I probably wouldn't have celebrated as heavily if I'd known that. Like, <laughs> but, like, it's still on an eye face. They, 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 they yeah, go up and score. It's, it's a, a European win, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they're hard to come by. Oh, the nature of the buried the game, realistically. I don't think... Yeah, I think are, everyone was... You're obviously worried, but there was no real pessimism that we were going to... That Rob was going to concede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that was probably just the release of, like... That was going to confirm. That killed the game. I know the game was over there. What a goal! What a goal! Yeah, So, what do we make of these pitch invasions? Some people are really embarrassed by it. Some people reckon it sour things a little bit. I, I don't think I don't think they sour things. I am purely thinking about the financial aspect of it. That's it. Like, all the like members put money into the club. And I always go back to that. How many, how many members' fees are, are wiped out because mm. of someone running on the pitch? And in, like, fair enough, the heat at the moment things happen, but like then have like people throwing balls. Well, that's, that's the part. I am demanding vigilante yeah. justice here. So, like people have to start pulling people to throw bottles people and throwing them out. That, that's how we're going to do it. Like yeah. as you said earlier, John Connolly actually fished your man out who yeah. did it. I think that's how we're going to do it. We have yeah. to take care of Has ourselves because club statements and threats of fines and all isn't going to work it was, it's going to take to a like, part of the ground we close so we'll have to like stupid things like that where, until people learn but it's people turn up for games that aren't even fans like they're, they're there for the occasion like I'm sure there was a couple of that night and uh, got to a couple of games a season and destroy it for everyone else yeah. I think from Rover's side of it there should be things put in place to stop people going on if it takes like offence not offensive but like Something, maybe extra stewards, or whatever, just to stop that because it's something's got something's gonna gonna happen. It's damage the right. when the majority of supporters are well. I think there are patience in it. But people look for any slight 
kind of occurs to, to jump on Shamrock Rovers fans and hammer the club as a whole. We're not the first club to throw a bottle at a goalkeeper. No, 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 but they're definitely going to be the most. The most uh, <laughs> in Dublin. It's going to be the most. It's going to be the most picked on club for. Yeah, well, that's the nature of it. Exactly, kind of. If you look at the social media reaction, people are talking about that. They're not acknowledging the fact that we won in Europe where we scored a great goal. They're just talking about this pitch. And they wait for anything that they can have a jab at Rovers for. Mm. I mean, if that if really that happened in Oriel Park, not where I said anything. It's the nature of being Shamrock Rovers, Rovers, but sometimes certain people need to stop feeding the, you know, yeah, having fuel to the fire. Giving them, yeah, game. giving them a chance. Sometimes they're completely unnecessary. Like I remember being in, and stuff like that. I remember being in at Long when we won quarter final of the cup, we won two one, mm-hmm. and a pitch of it, the pitch of it that was like unreal as a release, or whatever. Yeah. Great. Like but in the bowl, it's such a like you wait, you wait for going to nail like in the Europa League game. I remember in Oriel years ago now Roberts had to 10 men and Finnis got a late equaliser yeah it's class and I ended up on the pitch actually remember and Carl hooligan dragged, <laughs> dragged me off and berated me for it talking about the financial <laughs> aspect of it and I don't think I ever did it since yeah well there yeah. you go there you go Until. that's because you're actually on the pitch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah. but, uh, Dan says scruffs <laughs> he, he was scruffs young man <laughs> <laughs> a man has stood up he stood up um, to try and rally the troops Oh yeah, yeah. He nearly suplexed them off. <laughs> <laughs> now that I would have watched. Mitzi was having a go at your man as well to chew the bottle. Imagine him being like the the person's gonna come out and Mitzi is gonna come yep. out and down. Boy of cheese in hand. Uh, when your voice of reason is a man who spent fifteen euro on cheese. <laughs> yeah. We've got issues there. But uh last few minutes of the game, uh Bamba didn't have a shot over the bar. He lashed that as well. Oh, wow. Grayson yeah. Lopez just got their hands on everything yeah, in the last Connor. few minutes. Lo- uh, Lopez must have headed the ball about 10 times the last class. It was sensational. And I think that kind of uh, to jump in the game today, I think it was 6 or 7 they up. We had a half chance and Pico launched himself in front of it. And it was that level of tenacity mm-hmm. he's been bringing to the last couple yeah, of games. For commitments been unbelievable. For, for as far really. as technically in terms of playing out and like he's the, well, defensively He's just been unbelievable. Well, he doesn't want to concede. Actually, and you can hear him. He's even organising and talking. Mm. He leads the line well. Like Grace gets a lot of plaudits, but Pico does deserve. So standout performances from this game. I know you're going to pick uh, Jack Byrne for one. So let's say two or three standout performances. I was massively impressed with Bulger. Me too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have been all season. Anytime I've seen him. For, for someone that I will come clean, I wanted... I, so I wanted Aaron Bulger to stay and to replace Greg like I, w- I wouldn't have been upset with Greg leaving I thought it was poor last year um, but he's been unbelievable he's been my, my player of the season between himself and O'Brien uh, I, thought, I thought it was unbelievable the other night enjoy it boys. Mm. I thought McInef was excellent when he came on as well just the energy he showed it's very good I think we okay. did uh, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> see his is his podcast no way <laughs> <laughs> You speak very well in your own podcast <laughs> as well. Phones would be off. Um, yeah, I agree with just I think Bonnier was unreal in that game. I love yeah. his all around, not just his tenacity and his tackling, I just love his all around teamwork as well. I remember that we took a corner and the ball was cleared out to him. And I think most players would have just either hit some sort of snapshot, why not have a go, or just poke or something. And just in one touch, he launched it back out to Jack Byrne, 
our best chance of a delivery. Mm. He's just thinking about the team Selfless. immediately. Isn't that I, what I, didn't Gary say to you? He said it was about Buddha. Yeah. He said he's unbelievable. He said he's been about, apart from Jack Brown, obviously, he's been most impressive him in training. He said it's, it's, everyone wants to be on his team in the small side of games because he just demands the winning and you know, he knows what type of player he is. I remember I started thinking technically how far he's come when Waterford away last season uh, it was a 1-0 where Shaw scored and Bulger started to move with a, like a clip out to the rifle Sam Bowen wasn't it? and right Sam Bowen yeah. delivered it and at the time we were talking and said Jesus, you wouldn't see Bulger that often that's kind of a staple of his yeah, game now yeah. it's, it's a testament that he, if he did that now there wouldn't be a whole lot of heads mm. turned whereas at the time last season people weren't really encouraging him to play those passes so he's come on a long way I think since the end of last season to this season Hmm. Um, yeah, and I would have been, I would have been one of his uh, cricks as well last yeah. season. As Prof has rightly pointed out today, <laughs> <laughs> a, a debate actually broke out in the Pines after the game. I know the Pines somewhere you both uh, frequent. God, I love the Pines. But uh, the debate was, did Ronan Finn have a good game or a great game? And it was a back and forth over this. At the time, I was like, ah, he had a pretty good game. But actually, when I went back and watched it on TV. I fully appreciate it. I thought he was great in this game. Even with Finn this year, he's, he's, he has his critics. I still don't think maybe technically he's probably not our best midfielder. Now we look at the looks of like Bowen and Mac and Efron, as well, that would have been his thing. He, look at him initiating the press all the time. Mm. He's always the first one in. Yeah. And it's, he, he sets the tempo for the team. And when he plays well, and everybody will play well. Pat thought he won't like that though. Yeah. No, was the Artane assassin, as he calls him. Well, Finn in his first spell at Rovers. Was yeah. probably the like the the Jack Brown of that bunch where he was mm. scoring a lot of goals from distance, mm. creating. I remember went to a spell where he'd create like three identical assists where he was hanging the ball up to the far post, getting in the box, beating people. It's not his game now. Um, he's sacrificed that role to the likes of Bernard McInef, mm. and he's. I actually would have questioned him as a captain initially, yeah. but the tempo we demands do him, how, like, even he's been playing against him, even now the levels he demands, his mm. work rate's phenomenal. Mm. Um, he's just a different player than he was now so yeah, you have, just to, different. You have yeah, to look at him as the Ronald Finney is now not the Ronald Finney was mm. probably typified by that chance I mentioned in the first half that wasn't created he made that himself mm-hmm. he pressed the, the fullback and just nipped the ball off him and then he was in the box he, it was all of his own making mm. I tell you what fair play for Dundalk for giving us back a Finn <laughs> down staff here unbelievable all the juice down here. there must be <laughs> <laughs> um as for Jack Byrne, obviously we can't praise him enough. Uh, just to give you some highlights from this game, it's just I remember there was there was a long pass out wide to Boyle where he didn't even look. Don't best, he, the yeah. best pass I've ever one of the best passes I've ever seen in life at any level. It was a joke pass. It was outrageous. It was one of those where we, I could see the whole pitch, mm. and I still had no idea how he managed. Yeah, like I, I'd actually see the pass in real time. Back and to I was it as well. Looking at Ethan Boyle. I mean, yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. these passes, you're like, for a split second, you're like, who is this? To? And then it lands at the teammate's feet. You're like, okay, carry, carry, carry on. <laughs> you do it, yeah. <laughs> there was a great one where he clipped one over for, for Finn. And as for his work rate, I mean, he was chasing down nothing balls mm-hmm. like a yeah. madman. There was one clearance from Grace yeah. where he ran oh, about 60 or 70 yards. I turned to someone, and I think it was Bucket, and I was like, who, who's that pressing the ball? Because I didn't think... That, that was him and then he got there as he turned around and saw the number I was like oh my god looks way fitter now than he Doesn't did he, when yeah. he first came in and started the season yeah. as well he's definitely got to that level he's been taken off he was being taken off a lot I know he's taken off today but a lot more early on the season it seems like he's raised his level cotton wool for the game 
it was oh yeah we were always taking that by half time um, yeah. I totally enjoyed how after every pass was you and Dan returned to each other and go oh, oh. <laughs> every time you play turn <laughs> about a four yard pass <laughs> um, but the pass of the game was one for the, the goal for the second goal I don't know like again I don't know many other players in the league that would have that composure just, just to slide that ball and the yeah. way yeah. the pass and I was perfect he's involved with every goal in in the in the, in the, two, two in the toy yeah. involved yeah. in all four set piece delivery but just sensational as well that's the thing that would massively encourage me going in to the next one's the nature of the goals two set pieces mm. away from home and two brilliant footballing goals at home mm. if you can snuff out the, like, the silly errors that led to the brand goal and talent one and then the, the, the silly error that led to the, that's the, yeah. the one that I mean, yeah, sorry and then so was that it. kind of double delight for you seeing Gary O'Neill get the winner ex uh, UCD teammate uh, no, yeah, no, I, uh, no, I texted him afterwards. It was pleasing. Um, I think it's encouraging for us as well to see a player that we've played with to go on and you know make his mark on that level. Um, he's probably ended his career though with that terrible knee slide. He yeah. did it against Waterford as well. Crazy. He can't slide on his knees. He's horrendous at it. <laughs> but uh, no, it's pleasing. What sort of players do you think him and uh, Neil Friuji will be for us? I think Gaz looks like he's going to be coming in his boat. Was understudied by the looks of things. I think he he came on with. Uh, cast at that earlier so he's annoyed me now uh, <laughs> he was let off I think he was let off the leash a little bit in that game because he was just told to go in and press everything and, and put yourself about as much as you can um, he was flying around the pitch he's probably a little bit more where when we would have had Greg Sluggett last season he was allowed to do that this season he had to be a little bit more disciplined so seeing him let off the leash like that I think going forward probably won't be exactly what he does more what we saw today sitting deeper breaking up play dictating the tempo of the game Uh Fruity is what he is, isn't he? I think Rob is a lack of wide options. I think a lot of and people are looking forward to seeing him. He's a phenomenal athlete. Fruity bring that new dimension to us. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's so direct as well. Um, there's times in, in training where we play small side of games, he'd pick the ball up on one goal, and we'd be in the other goal before you know what had happened. He can be that quick. Um, and I think when he goes into an environment like Rovers where that high level performance is going to be demanded of him every single week and every single training session, he'll have to, he'll have to flourish there. So we mentioned the crowd, it was probably nearly 6,000. Um, well, I don't know what the official figure was, 5,000 5, something. 5,135 or something like that. I, I mean, it looked like it was nearly 6,000. I mean, yeah, it, it spilled over into the East End, which had only happened one other time. That was the Bowes game, that's the league yeah. record. And that section was fairly, fairly full, the one they opened. Like, yeah, it was yeah. Really good. And there was people on the stairs. And I mean, the, the club had released a statement saying... It's an automatic gate thousand euro fine yeah. if we stand on the stairway, but the, there was nowhere to go. There was yeah. there was jammers. So there's an eight thousand euro fine coming in anyway on top of the yeah the other ones definitely. Yeah, it was. I think don't know how you accounted for people to let in on on media passes that really shouldn't be let in the media passes. Just pay for a ticket. Don't know who you're talking about. Gary Parsons. Oh, okay, <laughs> wasn't even there. Yeah, we mentioned the success of the sales stand. If only we hadn't mistakenly given the East Stand to the away fans, Carol. We would have won four one. Why would it make a difference? Well, that's what people are saying after we lost to Dundalk and Bowes. Apparently it was a mistake and uh, that caused the defeat. That's thick. It's unbelievable, isn't it? That's, that's people, anything. That's probably all over Rover Shat as you're getting. Rover Shat on Twitter. People that... Yeah. Like, I love Rover support, but there's some amount of fucking ages amongst us. <laughs> she says you're not really right. name now, though. I mean, mm. the podcast name. Yeah. Forgo. Which is it? The podcast name. The name, ah, look, we're stubborn. We're not changing <laughs> yeah. it now. Tifties, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, the same ring to it. Like. Plus, 
there's potential to go back there because a new stand is being built so the away fans might go over there and then the east stand is open again no but, I'm a I'm a very much fan of behind the goal I'm a bit fan yeah. I am too but I'm just saying yeah. this east stand is not closed off forever yeah I also don't like, don't like the idea of opposition behind the goal just stick them in the corner yeah, get away from. Mm. I actually prefer the old balls games when we just had the West Ham and we just like took, stuck like ten in them in the corner. There was less of them. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, just gonna play a quick audio clip from uh, that game. This is the sales stand. I don't. I can't remember what was being sung. Maybe the McAniff song. McAniff, yeah. But uh, readily hear this. This will give you goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it's I watched that on repeat as well. Stand literally rocking. Before he came onto the pitch, isn't yeah. he's on for a very long time. Yeah. Which I actually, I don't know. I, yeah. That's why he's on the pitch. Dan Full said to change name. Um, <laughs> I always feel bad that every time Jack Bourne does something that scores, everyone gets so excited that they go sing a Mac and F song. It's like someone come up with a song with Jack Bourne. That has to be the competition, actually. For the ticket. Good Jack yeah, Bourne song. Let's a good Jack Bourne yeah. song. That's a goal. Because yeah. Yeah. he deserves it. I'm up for that. Mm-hmm. Competition's officially been changed. Come put a good Jack Bourne song. Mm-hmm. Saw someone on Twitter came up with a song for you, Connor, and you, for the life of you, can't figure out what it's based on. No. Or, uh, yeah. That's all factually incorrect. Yeah, I'm not from that fandom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. here we are. If anyone can figure that out, by finding it on Twitter. I believe he spent all morning uh, working on it, but... Uh, but uh, that was a special night, wasn't it? It was one of those nights to, to cherish. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of the love. I think Maloney said it was the best home European game he's seen. And if someone Since. like him is seen, and he's obviously seen a lot, Sorry, Maloney. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a big statement. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's always really impressive. He's well, you've only a few Tala wins yeah. in Europe. I mean, Florida Tala in progress, Starnan. Not huge. Not, not with that pressure on as well, or with yeah. that type of crowd. Or, even Belgrade wouldn't have come close at the time. Kind I of thought that. Do you know what the Belgrade one where Gary McCabe scored that unbelievable goal? That was what that was goal. that was a great game. What a goal. The atmosphere was the game against Copenhagen. Brilliant yeah. as well. well. I think we lost that. Didn't we? Turn out the crossbar in the place and he yeah. fell down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then other than that, yeah, I haven't been home. Yeah. That's definitely my favourite. Because it was either a comfortable win. I don't know how many times have been really hard fought draws in Tala. Oh, sorry, had fought wins even in Tallinn. Yeah. Close, mm. close calls. He's going to draw some Bocker's mm. goal against Benoit Hoodie. Benoit Hoodie. You weren't there. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> you don't want to say why you weren't there. I was trying to draw, I was not saying anything. I thought it was yes. Steve Barrett was there as well. So we mentioned the the brand fans giving their players serious abuse at the end of the game. Their manager in the tunnel afterwards was a broken man. Were you in the... Oh, you went in the Malden? No. All the players were in the Malden after and... The, the staff, whatever they looked shell devastated. Shot. Yeah, shell shot. They yeah. were like shells of men. Yeah, yeah. yeah Luckily, they couldn't believe what happened. No, yeah. no, I didn't see that. Yeah. Man, it was serious. Yeah. That's how really arrogance, isn't it? You kind of forget that, wouldn't you? How shell shot. I didn't even take that into account hmm. because from from minute one to, to minute ninety, looking at the actual tempo of the game, it seemed like they were like rovers that are more likely to progress. To it me. would be like us losing yeah. someone crap like TNS. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Who would do that? I can imagine someone else in New York to them. That'd be... Apparently they had booked uh, Cybers. Oh, did oh, they? wow. Don't want to anymore. Little presumptuous. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going to play you a couple of quick interviews now that Mick Kearns did with some brand fans in the Pines. Yes, I'm serious. I have Mick to. Mick Kearns did some interviews with brand fans. That's going to be... Uh, yeah, their names were up. Ollie and Harold and then the next guy here is a gentleman named Banks. And afterwards, you're going to hear from Jim Toner. So this is Members Corner. Uh, this is the whack here. Just talking to a few brand fans that we met in Bergen, top lads, uh, over over for the, the return leg after uh, after the game this evening. First of all, lads, what did you think of Dublin, and what do you think of our stadium and our football club? Well, Dublin is fantastic, and Sam Rowers, your football team is fantastic, and you guys, uh, the first are amazing the people when uh, when AU was in Bergen and we met all these lovely guys amazing people the Irish and the special people from Dublin Shamrock amazing so we uh, met them uh, we met uh, the day uh, the day before the match first time yeah, yeah, yeah in an, uh, in an uh, small pub in Bergen met and we say uh, because I see people and I see who is good and who is bad and I could look at Mika and Dave like, yeah. and Paddy. Yeah. See, they are really good people. But like, we're like you, we're seasoned uh, football fans, but we love our football club. Like you love Brand, yeah. we love Rovers and uh, you go home and away the way we do, when we can. Yeah. But at the end of it all, uh, football is about getting results and it's about performances and uh, we're so happy tonight but we understand yeah. the pain you're going through because we went through that over the years yeah. but at the end of everything football is about having enjoyment and, and, and meeting people and experiencing good good yeah. days and bad days and the bad days make the good days but what do you actually think of our, our football team itself were you, were you surprised how we played what about Shelburne Shamrock uh, Shamrock not Shelburne don't uh, mention Shamrock. no uh, don't uh, Sham, Shamrock, well, uh, fantastic team. Uh, a special, uh, the man in the midfield, uh, he's a running man. Jack Bourne. Yeah, Jack Bourne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was a good time to meet uh, Bron because we are really porno. I think uh, if we have been uh, at our higher level, I think we had won. Uh, but uh, we uh, didn't deserve to win because we were shit. Uh, and uh, you, so, uh, yeah, and you deserve to win. Yeah. Well, I, I would say one thing: your stadium and Bergen itself yeah. are absolutely beautiful and lovely people. I mean, we had a great, great time. We were made feel so welcome, and your stadium is super. And your fans are, are, are lovely people. The very same as, as yeah. what you're saying about us. But uh, at the end of it all, it's 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 been a great experience, and hopefully we can push on. We don't know how the, the, this team are playing from uh, Cyprus. How good they're going to be. But I'm sure Robert's will do their homework on them and we see where yeah. we can go. But uh, look, at the end of it all, thanks for everything and thanks for, for uh, coming to Dublin. Yeah, and lovely thanks that we can come here to the local, the Pines pub. Dave, f- a fantastic man. And you uh, as well, Mick. And, uh, yeah, and at the hotel bar were so many cool people. And uh, one thing, uh, last Saturday I was 40 years old. And then a friend of me uh, in Bergen was coming out because I have a barbecue. And then he met two Shamrock uh, guys. I can't remember their names. I know their names. It's John Marr and his brother. 
Yes, I, yes, I have a picture of them on the phone. And uh, yeah, and my friend stopped them and said, "Let's go to a barbecue." And they said, "Okay, come on." So they was with us for ten hours, and I had a fantastic Saturday in Bergen. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the other questions actually: Had you actually ever heard of Shamrock Rovers before we played you? Yes. Yes, but I uh, haven't seen them on telly. But I. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, 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 in we played you in a friendly in Dublin uh, a good few years back. Yeah. But you now know Shamrock Rovers, you know where Ireland's number one, and yeah. you know we hate the Boas and we hate everyone else. We hate everyone, because yes. everyone hates us, but that's fine. Yes, we were uh, in, uh, for, uh, yesterday we was in a pub, uh, the Celts, the Celts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, up O'Connell and up to the right. Yeah. And then the bartender, he said, I am Bohemian, and uh, let's beat the Shamrocks, he said. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> we are not from Norway, we are from Bergen. <laughs> Perfecto. Yeah. Okay, lads, uh, here it again, uh, Tales from the Eastland. What do you think of our fans uh, this evening in the whole game, the atmosphere in the ground? I think they were brilliant. I was really surprised by the atmosphere. Uh, you guys were talking about like the uh, the uh, Irish league not being that popular and uh, the GAA and the hurling getting all the uh, all the uh, attention the in the media. Yeah, 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 but I mean, like, I was really surprised by the atmosphere. We won't see that atmosphere in Norway for more than one or three matches, one or two matches per season. The top matches, I think, it was brilliant. When we play a few rivals in the city and 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 a couple of provincial clubs. Because there'll always be provincial clubs in a small town uh, up towards Lloyd. Uh, they they bring a, they bring away fans in fairness, and so so do Bohemians. But we have we we've passionate fans, and I just understand now this football club is no home for 22 years. But we've a decent ground now, and we've good fans. Did we surprise you? Yeah, you really surprised us. I, di- I didn't expect to see. Uh, I mean, the the atmosphere when you sc- I mean when you scored, all the guys onto the pitch. The singing and uh, the shouting behind it, I, I think it was brilliant, yeah. Behind the pitch was great, but unfortunately for the club it might be a fine, which the club can do without, but, and you wouldn't encourage it, but at the end of it all, you can't be passionate in football, can you? No, you can't. You can't. If you, if you that, don't have passion, you have nothing. No, that's, that's what everything is about. It's, it's about passion. Yeah, because, I mean, you just have to spend your hard few quid to come here. We went over to Bergen, we met a great few lads, the whole experience has been fabulous. And you're going to go back to Bergen and say, listen, them Shamrock Rovers fans, they love their club the way we do. Yeah. And you can't beat that, can you? No, we no, can't. I think it's, it's both quite small clubs. It's like the Norwegian League might be a bit bigger than the Irish League, but we're, we're reasonably small clubs, both of us. But we have the same passion and the same uh, feeling yeah, for the club. So it's like... We could we could go and play Chelsea or Man United or Liverpool or Barcelona. We'd be, the, we'd be the, it's the same passion, the same the same guys with the same uh, relations to the club. It's a, for us this has been a fantastic experience. Well, the, the one striking thing that I that I seen in Bergen, I seen loads of lads wearing Liverpool jerseys, and we have it all the clubs in the Premiership. They're wearing Man United, they're wearing Liverpool, but they're just Bergen's a football club in. Brands a football club in Bergen. It's your football, it's your thing. And it's terrible to see lads don't identify with a yeah, local that's club. That's Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? That, that is a sad thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's a sad thing. But that's a, 
I think that's uh, quite similar in Ireland and Norway. The, the position of the uh, the Premier, the big clubs in the Premier League, they are. The biggest, the biggest teams in the Premier League are more popular than local teams in Norway. Isn't I think that's sad, a disgrace. Yeah, that's sad. That's a, dis- that's a, that's a disgrace. I mean, you, you, you average of what, Bill? 12,000 every home game? Yeah, yeah. the capacity is 17,000. I would guess that 12,000 in average. That's fantastic. Yeah, but it's a city of almost 300,000 people. In Bergen. In Bergen. And uh, you, I think... But for the big matches... They're sold out. People are crying in the streets because they can't get tickets to the big matches. And how much, how much is season ticket in Bergen, in, in, in Brown? Season ticket, that would be around 400 euros for the men's stand. And how many games a season? That's 15. That's great. That's great value, isn't it? You think That's so? fantastic. Yeah. Like, our season ticket is probably about 220 for 18 games. Yeah. You know, it's good value. It's good value. Still, people complain it's a bit too expensive. But, I mean... Going to the going to the cinemas fifteen times would be much more expensive. Absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, you've had a great experience in Dublin, and you you, you got home with a warm glow of it. Loaded. I mean, of course, you're disappointed by the results, but yeah. we had a good time over here. We had a Craig as you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but you can so. understand. You can understand. I mean, you said uh, a few years ago that, that that the younger lads of uh, Brand affiliated themselves with Linfield. And we all understand why that's crazy, but at the end of the day, you can see where Shamrock and Brown should be a bit closer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we made friends for life over here. I would, I would actually love to come over here without Brown playing, just to meet you guys and uh, watch Shamrock play in the the Irish League. It'd be well, great. If we ever, if we ever, and the lads all uh, give me a bit of stick at this, but if we ever could get to a cup final, it'd be amazing to have you with us. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah. And at the end of the day. We have won the cup for 32 years, and we'd love to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we won it back in 2004, 1982, and we won the league in 2007. So I was born in 1971. We have won three cups and one league in in 48 years. <laughs> so, and the bottom line is, the bad times make the good times. Yeah, that they do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm a member. Okay, we're here with Jim Towner for Members Corner. So, tell us how long you've been a member and why you became one. Uh, ten years, Carl. As soon as we moved to Tala, basically, and it came about, uh, I would have travelled with Mick Cairns. I would have had to ring him every Friday, him or Robert Goggins' mummy, to uh, book on the bus back in the day. And uh, Mick was working around in Belgard Motors at the time as a their main electrical contractor, I think. And... Uh, I met him for a cup of tea one day and I think the next day I became a member. Literally as soon as we became a Southside team again, I was straight onto the bandwagon, I suppose you could call it. So why do you think uh, the fans owning the club is the way to go? I just think there's a great feeling of, I had to put words on it, but the same people I started going to watch Rovers with still go to watch Rovers and then there's hundreds and thousands of new people there's no one better or worse or different it's just uh, if it's in you I think it stays in you so that's basically why I love it Do you think there are ways we could improve member numbers are there any benefits you'd like to come along with it? Well, I'll be honest the main benefit for me is the car parking ticket that's uh, <laughs> that's the one I like the most I, I think 
and I, I don't want to be critical of the club particularly this week that they could communicate a bit better and a bit more often they did do a little bit there last year where we got a few emails and stuff uh, that seems to have dropped off or fell by the wayside I don't know who was looking after that but uh, like I'm not a I don't I don't want to be involved in the day-to-day running or the politics of the club, but uh, I would like to know before the sun, for example, if we're doing something big, you know. What about the price? you think it's reasonable or too high? This has probably been the hardest year for me, uh, financially, for loads of different, don't want to go into it, but uh, it's something that I... It's 50 quid a month. It's, for me... I don't think it's too there. I, honestly, maybe for students they could do a twenty quid a month or something. Just, just I know there's a car of kids on that stand every week now that are every bit as much in love with the club, and I don't think they'd have an issue with coming up with twenty quid out of their pocket money or whatever. And I think the club could benefit from that because they'll then become adult members and. Uh, it goes on and on, you know. What would you say to someone to convince them to become a member? Well, it's very personal. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to uh, castigate someone for not being a member. It doesn't make them any less a Rovers fan, I don't think. But I do think for the strength of the club going forward and where we're heading, I think the more members we have members tend to try and encourage other people to come as well so you become I don't know if that's one thing it gives you that ownership is that you feel responsible to fill those empty gaps around the ground I suppose So both legs against Brand obviously were very special your trip, your thoughts on the trip to Bergen and a great night in Tata last Thursday Well, the, the trip to Bergen was one of the best European trips I actually stood with you for the second half of the game and uh, when Pico scored that equaliser it had been a good game and I think we travel in great numbers and it just shows us to be I think just that big club and and, and all our teams bandy that about a bit but uh, I don't think there's any doubt Rovers are the the big team in this this island basically and I don't know the the feel good factor among the fans it was one of them real happy trips I don't know it's uh, Everyone sort of stayed together for the duration, pretty much, basing around that Brian Baru pub. And uh, some Vikings came and some were chased. <laughs> but anyway, that's another day's match. Uh, and the home leg? Uh, awesome. Awesome. I'm not a fan of 352. I'm not going to tell you that I am, and I would have been querying the lineup in in Bran and, and at the home game it's it's uh you can't argue with results basically uh had we have went out I'd be moaning like hell that's there's no point me telling you any different it's uh I, I just don't I don't like it it's uh I suppose the the issue still remains we we still don't have a it's pretty early to be judging but uh, I don't think we've solved the striker issue and I think no matter what formation we play we create chances but we're just not putting them away that's my opinion for what it's worth
really disappointed that I didn't have a burger in uh, Bergen. I was all over the uh, reindeer hot dog, Jim. The reindeer hot dog I gave a skip. But uh, <laughs> we had lovely seafood in a beautiful restaurant uh, in the harbour, actually, the day of the game. And uh, it was right up there, I have to say. So at halftime in the home leg, there was uh, jumpers for goalposts. Uh, Padjo was playing. You were in goal. Not exactly uh, safe bare hands. Uh, but tell us about this initiative and what it means to you, Jim. Uh, it's, I tell you how a, a chap called Keith Kelly who stands in front of us we stand at the last steps up the new stand and in front of the Jim Mac uh, Graham Merrigan and his dad and Keith Kelly stand every week and Pajo if he hasn't got the kids with him and uh, he's, he's a mental health uh, campaigner and he just came up with this idea and I just think it's brilliant and uh, the first day was out in Ballybrack and I was actually at a wedding the night before in Carlo till four in the morning but I had said I would go to support it and uh, it was brilliant, it really was, there was a great feel good factor about it and to see 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 30 year olds out kicking a ball with jumpers, it just, I just think it's a great idea to get people off the couch basically and it's not about burning your soul or anything just just meeting people that you maybe haven't met for years even though life has a funny way of separating good friends through their jobs through their work or whatever and and uh, it's just great to meet a lot of people that you know and and uh, if that leads to meeting them for a pint or a cup of tea during the week again it's a it's sort of a win-win and uh I think the thing is going to take off. It's already had its fourth game, I think, this morning out in Cabin Teeley. And I, myself and, I don't know if you know me or the Crumlin United keeper, we're going to put one on in Crumlin hopefully next Sunday. But I'll confirm that on... He, he'd be a better man. He, he's about a million followers on uh, social media. It'd be rude for me not to attend that one, so wouldn't it? It would be absolutely disgraceful, Carl. In fact, I expected to see you in shorts, which would be a first. So, uh, Cyprus next year, are you heading over? And also, do you remember playing Ammonia Nicosia at Talca Park in 1987? I do, and uh, I'm trying to remember the game. The first question, I think I'm going out to Holland on Tuesday in the truck, so I'm probably going to miss the home leg. And... Uh, my wife sent me a text before I even got home on Thursday night to say Cyprus is out of the question. <laughs> but, uh, Put the foot down. But uh, watch this space. Uh, I'd be very hopeful of uh, being there on the, on the Cyprus trip. Um, before that, actually the Cork game in Turner's Cross has been moved to Sunday the 28th with a 4 o'clock kickoff. That's actually our first domestic game outside of Dublin for 10 weeks. And... The last time we were in Cork, I remember you pulled up in a yellow minibus full of lads. So is it going to be the same again? Uh, I don't know about the minibus, but I'll be there. I'll be there. And, and, uh, and as will probably all the lads that were in the minibus. But uh, definitely, yeah, that was one of the better away days this year. In fairness, we had a ball. Jim, you're one of the few people who can say they had the honour of co-hosting Tales from the East End. That was last summer. And even months later, you were still getting a good reaction to it. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I was a bag of nerves that day, and I really was. I mean, even driving up to your up to the house, I was. Uh, it wasn't uh, something that I was. I, I was looking forward to doing it, and I was actually very privileged to be asked. 
boy, boy Jesus was I a bag of nerves but uh, I seem to have calmed down a bit now so uh, maybe it's something I'll do again if you ask me although I'd love to do with Gary there or be there when Gary's there to hop off him a bit I thought you were excellent a lot of people thought the same so uh, how do you think Barney did last week I don't know if you heard that one and do you have any advice for my two standing co-hosts tonight whoever they may be uh, I didn't hear it yet but I'm going to Ballina tomorrow in the truck so uh, I'll give it a listen on the way up but uh, and for the co-hosts just relax just just the people that are on it, it's it's tr- it's it's actually really good because uh, there's a really eclectic mix of Rovers fans. Like you've the the highbrow Mike Dara Ferris's and uh, and and they're great. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I'm just an ordinary five eight, and I tend to get more crack out of the ones with the call them the the, the more colourful characters. Personal, nothing against my Mike Dar is a lovely fella, do you know what I mean? It's and who was on Justin, is it? Who was on about two weeks ago? And he talks about uh, our 92nd minute and the uh, stats. And now he was great, but he's the brain detail was way too much for me. Oh, Tommy Tarmy, yeah, 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 lovely guy, not and really knowledgeable, way more knowledgeable, knowledgeable than me, but uh. I, I like the Pajo types, I have to say, or the, you know what I mean. It's uh, it's uh, it, it can be great fun. So that was the whack there. Does does no one like him? Is that girl? No, it's the whack. Is the whack's a great bloke. I'm delighted to share. He's actually my favourite currents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love to win the cup. Love to, love to win the cup. cup. Every single time. What is he going to do when we win the cup? Me and Connor. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big void in his life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> love just, to win in sight. Just yeah. comes back, <laughs> someone comes back from a <laughs> war. Yeah. <laughs> Still fighting it's the war. Saying. 25 years on, Mick Kearns is still fighting the win for the cup. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great studio we recorded in, out the back of the pines, surrounded by beer kegs. Uh, the barman tried to stop us at one point, and the whack just shut him down. He was like, no, 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 this is for, this is for a podcast. <laughs> and we just carried on. It's the wax pub. <laughs> it really it's is. the wax and Mick McCarthy's pub. So you heard a couple of things the brand fan there. So one of them said, it was a good time to play us because we are shit. <laughs> and uh, love the honesty. Yeah, one of them. Uh, he he liked their old school pitch invasion, and this was funny for me to try and not to laugh because the whack had just given out to me loads of times about this pitch invasion. And then he's interviewing your man, and he's saying good things about it. Awesome. And I just I look at I look at whack, and he's just dying to <laughs> to explode. And uh, as your man said off air beforehand, he goes, uh, "Whack had asked him, what, what do you think of the, the people on the pitch, though?" Your man goes, ah, oh, they're really happy people. <laughs> Solid. No, yeah. He's an accent prof. Yeah. I, I don't know what that accent is. Uh, as for Jim Toner, one of life's good guys. Uh, we love Jim here. What a bloke. He's been in, a, in this hot seat before, Les, where you are right now. It's a tough gig. Not everyone could do it. Yeah. And uh, he's been in my ear recently, actually, about how he's not the biggest fan of Dan Carr. And so I just want to ask Jim this question. Are you saying that both me and the great Peter Eccles are wrong about a footballer can't, like that's this can't happen really yeah. can it no. No. I said on, on Dan Dan's sensational ability I'd just love to ask him what was the story I'd love to in those last yeah. four minutes <laughs> he just <laughs> he essentially sat down in the centre circle did not see him arsed really no, no. he was just like my job here is done didn't Dan, do Dan, Dan had steam coming out of his ears 
It's like he decided to do the exact opposite of what he was meant to do. Yeah. So he only ever pressed when there was absolutely no reason to press the ball. Then yeah. off. But it, it does not look like But then when I watch the back, as a guy, you make it. You can only criticise yeah. it so much because yeah. it was phenomenal for the two goals. We were Pasquale saying to us before when we were playing with IT Tala. I think he was lashing Don Cowan out of it. And he was like, You want to be scoring three goals a game if you're going to do that little run. <laughs> Lash him out. <laughs> So we have other results from uh, last week. We had the Champions League. Dundalk threw nil all again in Riga, but then they got through on penalties. That's only the second ever penalty shooter, by the way. Uh, Drogheda lost to IK start in 2006. You didn't book it, were they? Really? For some strange reason, yeah. You know that game? We used to, before we realised that we hated every other League of Ireland team, we used to go to some of the European games and obviously Rob was around the ball. And Gartland missed, missed two penalties. It was bizarre. Like we'd school the next day and we're like, honestly, lads, get this penalty shoot over it. It went on for ages. That tried the team was good as well. Oh, right, right. A great side. Yeah. Felt from as well. Graham's, Graham's a nice bloke. Mm. We met him a couple of occasions. Not a great centre half for hours, mind you. Well, he's probably just a bit the, over the hill when he was. <laughs> that was the Stephen Kenny season. We had Graham Gartland who was over the hill. We had Aaron Green playing left back. We had Craig Gilbert pretending to be a footballer. How he got away with that? Yeah, well, the remember the, the, the excitement? Yeah. He's got to play for Arsenal in the Champions League. That didn't. Yeah, I think it I looked was. like he was a, like a stunt double who just <laughs> never kicked the ball before in his quite life. Quite a fall from grace from dropping the ball on Thierry Henry's head in the Champions League group stage game to just being humiliated in Drada or something. Was it the it league, league cup? Game. Yeah, league cup, and final. he scored an own goal. Yeah, final, yeah, and yeah. that was the end. Uh, well, he was already done, but that was. I've never seen a reaction to a single player like that playing for Orbis. Ever? No. Never. There was, there was a, a lot genuine, of hate. genuine hatred, yeah. yeah. It was just of, his attitude. Was, a lot of anger. His attitude was awful, though. Yeah. I remember Roddy Collins. I've never seen anyone have their winger man mark a full back. We played, <laughs> played away in Monaghan a couple of games into the season, and they had a left winger. They didn't even play centre forward. Just had someone standing beside Craig Gilbert. <laughs> Fucking bizarre. No wonder that club followed. I think that was their second last game or something. Was it? Yeah. It was nil nil. In fairness, it's a pity. Great club. We used to love going yeah, up there. I used to love Monaghan. Yeah. Like Mondogs. the Mondogs. Ah, oh, Mondogs. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much the only reason. Yeah. Kind of nice people up there as well, to be fair. I mean, nice little bar. And then we had Cork. They actually went 2 0 up away to Progress in Luxembourg and leveled the tie, but then they ended up losing 2 1. So, no Rangers game for them. Uh, Pats went out to North Copy. 4-1 on Shot aggregate. keepers of Cork breed a massive sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good banter from Pats fans in fairness. Uh, a few weeks ago someone had made a flag for Europe saying sponsored by Lee Power and they were singing in Sweden we're all here on a technicality. <laughs> I know a few lads so, went over to that actually. Yeah. A few Pats fans. That's good stuff. Not, not League of Ireland related but Kilmarnock absolutely humiliated Unbelievable. Mm. I think he's bothered to do a take two on that result when you saw it, did you? Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing about that is the manager, Connors Key, wasn't it? Yeah. The manager well, is Andy Morrison. Andy Morrison. I was trying to think of Our dad's a Man City fan. And I remember like, watching City join the Division 2 Division Two campaign, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. And uh, Andy Morrison was centre half and he was a psychopath. <laughs> lunatic. I just like, read up on him. But when I saw he was manager, I said, "Well, I would win if yeah, he was the manager <laughs> as well." Terrified you went to lose yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, that's an embarrassment. Did you see the video really? of the penalty? 
I did, yeah. Your man's like, oh no, I thought I had <laughs> <laughs> I've already booked. They'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, won the first leg and all. Yeah, away. Crazy. And as Maloney said, Jack Byrne couldn't get a look in at Kilmarnock. Yeah. And now he's gone further in Europe than them. Unreal. Oh, yeah. And your man's uh, gone in charge there, uh, Alessio, wasn't it? The Italian. Like, it would have been high hopes of him. I think he was on uh, Chelsea staff one stage. I think he was a bit of a coup when he, when, he, when he saw him, but it doesn't look like it. Live, yeah. Crusaders did win their tie, they're true to play Wolves, so. Interesting. Moneymaker for them. Yeah. So our drive for 1,000 Twitter followers continues. We're up to 963. We'd be very happy indeed if we made our uh, made 1,000 by our 100 episode. It's asking yeah. a lot. I was just about to get to that. Uh, we have a new listener. Uh, you're Ma. Yeah. No, oh. man, I don't want to work out how to go. No, she won't, thank God. Uh, yeah, I just got a text off Gary when I was on the way down here saying your ma followed on Twitter. I was like, thanks. What, what <laughs> did they come to the podcast? As a matter of fact, she's fucking ballistic. <laughs> you had to explain that it was pre recorded, was it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think she'll be sitting here with us. Right now. Yeah. Commenting on everything. Yeah. yeah. She thought it was like Grace League in the say world. That. Stop cursing. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Not like a live thing with the Sugar Club. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to actually? No, I didn't. Did you? No, it didn't. It's joking me. Because, like, they, do you know, I would have gone if it was, like, kind of, if I heard the guests earlier that, like, Rovers players would ever, when I heard who was on it, I was like, I'm not going to like anybody there. I don't like other League of Ireland fans from other clubs, the majority of them. I don't like other League of Ireland players or teams. So, what has been in the middle of a room with people who don't like? <laughs> I thought that I'd just sit at home. I'm surprised you didn't go for your second appearance on the podcast, Connor. Spoke very well the first time. Yeah, I think I said the bar too high. I've had performance anxiety about this podcast for weeks. <laughs> After the hype that's been built up around me. It's been a lot of hype. <laughs> you know, that's to be fair. A lot of hype. So, as I said earlier, this is our 98 episodes, our 100 shows fast approaching. And we've been playing old clips from the podcast in recent weeks. And uh, here's some more nominations. John Harper says, My favourite moments were episode 94, the interview with Winnie and Mona. It's the second time someone's picked that. And uh, he also says Pat Flynn, Tony Cousins, when he was just talking about coaching. Are you fans of Winston, Nads, by the way? Winston is... Have you heard Winston? Can't say about Winston, no. Winston is a lot of Rove support, and I want to know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been asking for weeks in all time. <laughs> it's his top yeah. secret. Yeah. It's like five people in the world now. And then we have Eamon. Uh, when we asked him any highlights, he said, so many. Best one-liner is Ricer is about Goody. I wouldn't have expected it from him. Oh, I've never said it. And he said, I'd say McAllister speaking about the tunnel was probably the most valuable one, as I don't think I would have heard that anywhere else. That was brilliant, yeah. Did you hear yeah. about the Rice and Goody one? No. After he said, he smelled terrific. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to play that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also says, honourable mention for Spooky Wookie. He loves this thing that I say, not recently, but I've said it a few times. I've said something is super spooky wookie. And uh, Eamon seems to love that. I got it from the Book of Mormon musical. <laughs> That's where I got it from. It's written by the two South Park guys. And does this... I thought it was a book that Pat thought you would read or something. No. <laughs> does this like wacky uh, hell dream sequence and where the Mormon is supposedly gone to hell. Although I don't think there is a Mormon hell. But uh, Satan is quite camp in it. So right. he's singing about hell and he just... It was like Hitler's there and Genghis Khan and all these 
scary people from the past. And then he's, he's just singing away and he just goes, it's super spooky wookie. <laughs> so that's where I got it from. Yeah, man. You got the reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Uh, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show yourself, Connor, but uh, any moments or standout guests? Standout guests? I've probably been dipping in and out for a while. I uh, totally enjoyed the quizzes last season with the Robbers players. It's, it's mad you mention that because like, the quiz is the only part Carl won't listen to. Okay. You've just picked that as your favourite. So. Yeah, I, I think I just more, and it was like the most recent quiz on the league and cup thing, baffling. Uh, I, hope never, I don't know how Nifu is going to settle into this dressing room because he's probably got more brain cells than the rest of the players combined. Mind you, Frutin <laughs> couldn't be that smart because he's, that phone call smart, the That day. was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'd yeah. speak about him today. I was like, don't trust anyone, anyone yeah. at all. Are you talking about the prank phone calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's other bits to that that people, like, I don't know if people have got the text about Mac and F. I think most people have seen the phone call. Yeah, it, it only went up in Robert's shed, but then it, I think... It's not a backstory. Loads of people got hold of it then. It's not a backstory. No, what is it? So, no one in the team has Bradley's phone number. You know, the manager doesn't like the players having the number, so they usually go through you know, McPhail or, or Glenn Cronin or, and uh, through the text into the group chat, something about looking for holidays, saying, has anyone got you know, the gaffer's number? I need, I need to ring him. And uh, Jack Burns sent back his barber's number, him, Aaron Green and Harry McInef all there. <laughs> and through the rang him. That's had a conversation with the barber and suit. But it was even afterwards, through the text to Aaron Mac and I saying, No, Brad was actually with Grand. He just kept asking what my favourite bands were, <laughs> my favourite music, and asked me to sing from. <laughs> what I look at is like, he sounded nothing like Brad. He sounded, if anything, he sounded like uh, Darren Dillon. And all mm. the questions were about fitness. So when I, as I was listening to it, I was like, Oh, he's, he's impersonating Dillon. Yeah. How did the penny not drop? Well, no, it was Brad. And then they went out to train and I believe uh, Glenn Cronin stopped the training session to applaud Neil Frugge onto the pitch. He said from the cut wind before that happened. He says he's a plan to get Jack Byrne back and I can 100% guarantee right now that it's not going to work. Not wide enough. No. Way. no. Yeah. You've got so, a lot of experience against inexperience. Given what you just said there about how they brought Frugge in and applauded him out, would you say this is relatively harmless? Because some people I was speaking to were saying it was a terrible idea that this went out to the public. No, he he laughed at it. He thought it was hilarious. Like I think he was just just a naivety of him. No, there was no malice in it. I don't that's think dressing rooms though, isn't it? I like that's dressing rooms in whatever yeah. level of football you play at. Like. It's where our dressing room is probably an anomaly in the sense in that sense because we're all young and experienced. You haven't got lads who've been around the block. Like when Jason Byrne was playing for us a few years ago, he was he would have had a few lads wound up now and again. Like yeah. But uh, now it's harmless. I think that's that. Yeah, I think you need that in the dressing room. Gosh, that bit yeah, of, it, it creates yeah. a sense of camaraderie. If anything, I think Frujo will probably feel more welcomed by the fact that he has that little mm. crack between the lads now. Um, yeah, so I don't, can't imagine. I just really hope he doesn't try to get Jack Brown back because it's going to be bad. <laughs> Frujo did pull off one successful prank though. It had a staggering number of people believing he got a free car from UCD with the crest on the side of it. That was the worst Photoshop job I've ever seen. And people genuinely believed that this was his car. And Rovers players, certain ones who I can't name, were expecting him to turn up with a crest on the side of the thing, fully convinced, thought he got it removed and all. So I suppose that could have been a, maybe a slight retaliation to have him around people about that. So I'll play a few clips now from uh, from old podcasts. The Reiser one we mentioned, the Davy Mack one, and another mad moment. And that's when James Nuna smoked our quiz. Oh, I got 10 out of 10. 
the skeptics were out with that one. But apparently, Butter, well, the Butter Gaino, I think, was the uh, the club official over there. Oh, I loved him. Like, mm-hmm. well, Emil Butter Gaino was one of my favourite players yeah. growing up. Like, and apparently, he was just, they were brilliant with us in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think kind of Juventus, I don't know. If they were really respectful, like, isn't yeah, they? Like, yeah, like, they're like, like as football clubs, yeah, they were really, they were really respectful, even though the media might have been. She did some team out, like, when you look it's at it. It's ridiculous. Or even, like, like the Raul and. Uh, who, who else might have done uh, that day? What was uh, that? Heinze, Van der Vaart. The Gooty played. Gooty smelled yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you said to him, you didn't know what I was saying. It was Mark on one stage, he says, You smell tremendous. He <laughs> 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 just looked at me and flicked these locks, man. He just waddled away. Like, it's just, ah, uh, oh, he was. No wonder you were marking him so tight. He was sniff. Believe like. It yeah. when you like as you said, like you're looking at it now, it's it's mad at the time, and you're in the you're in the rush of it all. Yeah, yeah. Sky, and you just kind of go and play it, like. But when you look back now, like to get those players here, um, to have Ronaldo making his debut, with what he's achieved now in the game, and yeah. in in Tala, like range of emotions. Stunning stuff football yeah. does to you, though, isn't it? It's excellent. So hopefully more of the more of that. But I can actually I can yeah. tell you the story about elation about uh, one of the games there last season. It was the one that Chelsea. Scored in the Shazi Swivel that we won. We had just been in Europe, yeah. so straight back to Iceland, wasn't yeah, it? And our flight was delayed, and we 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 trained the next day, I think. And now they just got back from. They played was it Rosenberg they played or they, they played in Europe as well. It was because we were yeah. we were cheering for Rosenberg and the Boozer, and it went to extra time, so we knew that they were like tired as well. So we went up there, and we this actually has to go back. This story has to go back a little bit further as well. When we played at Celtic in the friendly in Tala Stadium. I had the armband for that one because I'd been suspended. Right. So I'd been playing them friendly games. I played against Burnley and I played against Celtic. And people were saying, oh, jeez, that must have been a nightmare playing them because he got hammered in them. I said, you know what, I learned something brilliant against Celtic. And we walked out to the tunnel and I had the armband. And I remember Celtic got out early and Scott Brown was standing like halfway over the tunnel and I kind of walked up and I thought, is he doing that? He was looking forward. I thought, is he doing that deliberately? Like, as in, like, I'm taking this this tunnel, like, this is mine. Yeah. I thought, usually I maybe just, I don't know, push, it was my first time being captain. I was thinking, like, push him out of the way here and, like, kind of get back over your own side. But I thought, I'm here at the 19s, boys are behind me. I'm not going to start a rook in a friendly against Celtic. <laughs> right. So I walked out, but in my head, as we were kicking off, I was thinking, he's just done me there. And, and, like he's got one up on me mentally straight away. He's all about that, isn't he? Yeah. So he just took he your took yeah, the tunnel. Yeah, he took my side of the tunnel, our ass side of the tunnel. So then I was saying to Finn, I was like, We have to do that to, to someone. So I was thinking, where <laughs> where would be great to do that? And I was thinking back out of race and I was thinking, Do you know what wouldn't it be great to do it in Dundalk because the tunnel is so narrow and tight. No way. But obviously Finner had been in Dundalk, I don't think he would want to like cause yeah. like, too many eggs because he'd be still friends with some of their players. But then Finner actually picked up a knock over in Croatia so I didn't know at the time so I was saying oh, whoever is, has the armband um, will do what Scott Brown did and will stand over and I went back in the dressing room and the armband was over my space and I was thinking happy days I'm, I'm the captain here so we said we asked the gaffer could he do his team talk a little bit earlier because we're going out to stand in the tunnel we decided then instead to actually take their side of the tunnel right. and make them stand on the other side so we got out early and we're standing there all looking forward and they came out and we're kind of like 
but this is excellent. So we stood there moving and Rob Rogers was the referee that day and he didn't really know what to do so he's going to move over that side and we're going we're not moving we're staying here no way. so we stood there and they wouldn't come over to the right side so he ended up they ended up having to walk and all the fans the Dundalk fans were like crowding around the tunnel giving us loads of abuse and I just remember turning around to Luke Byrne and he just went I love this yeah. and I was going breathe in boys this is brilliant suck it in we just walked out and they walked in behind us and I had to do the handshake and whatever else and the two of them were going, what are you doing? Oh, you're an idiot. And I was standing in our side of the tunnel. I was thinking, oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> they don't beat them one nil then. Even better. Yes, excellent. They looked really off at that day, I remember. Yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah. they were terrible. But that's what I was talking about, coming back from Europe, because I knew both of us were, like, both teams were going to be a bit tough. I was thinking, if we can get us a little bit of a mental... Kenny Shields-esque mind game. Yeah, yeah. So that day it worked for us. Now we're back at Kickstarter Fitness and we have James doing it. Now we've quizzed 25 overs players this season. Everyone made a league appearance except one. So we have the best to last. The lowest was Dean Dillon with half a point. Mikey O'Connor got one. Second highest was Dave McAllister on 7.5. And Lukey Bourne leads the way on nine points. So his name is being engraved on the trophy as we speak. So James doing it. What is 22 divided by 22? <laughs> <laughs> one. One, yeah. <laughs> 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 when you made your league debut for Rovers, what player did you come on for? Uh, Brandon Miller. Spell the word Balenciaga. B A L E N C O I A G A. That's right. <laughs> what famous nickname was given to a group of Liverpool players during the mid 90s? That's an a follow of Spice Boys. Spice Boys, that's four. Why is, <laughs> why is the capital of the United Arab Emirates? Any hints, please? Abu Dhabi. Yep. Five. He's on a roll. In snooker, who got the quickest one four seven? Ronnie <laughs> okay, um, name three Adam Sandler movies. Uh, the Water Boy, Grown Ups, and Grown Ups 2. Say, my name is James in Irish. It's my love. <laughs> it's Misha. <laughs> James, yeah, 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 some <laughs> Finally, this is the one, this is to beat Lukey. Which Rovers player was sent off in the 2010 FAI Cup final? This is for the win. Just gonna guess, just gonna go with the gaffer, Stephen Bradley. <laughs> That's bang on, James Dillon! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
James Dillonet has just won questions from the East End. Questions from the East End. Shock and awe in Kickstarter Fitness. So that's it for questions from the East End. We have a champion and it is James Dillon. James, have you got a couple of awards? All the boys doubt me. Congratulations, James. And that's it from Kickstarter Fitness today. We have a champion and it's James Dillon. Oh my god. That's some of our clips there. Uh, Connor, you said you have another, another highlight. Yeah, I was furious I forgot this. Uh, trying to decode Connor Foley's texts anytime he's on a night out. I thought <laughs> that was absolutely hilarious. It was one about seeing Trevor Clark out on a night out once. Yeah. And someone had to decode. I thought that was brilliant. How Maloney guessed the bottom of was just beyond me. Oh, yeah, it was like, it was absolute gibberish. And then Maloney just goes, let me guess, Trevor Clark and Diva. And then a minute later, Connor posts a selfie of him and Trevor Clark and Diva. <laughs> and me, me and Carol are just like, how did you get that? You're the first person outside of our WhatsApp group who's mentioned that to me. Like I've said this before. No one else has come up to me and says, oh yeah, Carol, I love the, yeah. the Connor's Corner segment. No one says that. It hasn't been in a while and that's one I kind yeah. of like to... Even in that group, there hasn't been that many. Like Barry's obviously not drinking enough. I only met him. I've, I've been quietly compiling a few of them. But they just haven't been spectacular. Yeah. The user in tears it, that day. It wasn't. <laughs> I'd, I'd met Connor for the first time and I didn't actually know it was him with the texts. Yeah. And it was only when Bucket joked and he goes, Oh, the Cypriots field and an eligible player were going to Lithuania. Connor finally went, Really? And I turned to him like, That's the fellow with the text messages, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I can see this now. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the quizzes there. Uh, Connor, they've had some really thick moments uh, over the years, especially this year. The one where Dylan Watts thought that Juventus had won 116 titles. Dylan Watts is just... I've had far too many encounters with that fella for my own liking. Four, four, I think, to be the exact. But, yeah. No, I can't say that surprised me. I actually think what was completely underappreciated was the the off-the-podcast quiz about the League and Cup titles. I couldn't get my head around that for ages. Yeah. There's a lot of debate over this as well. So people know. I think they should. Particularly when you see seventeen leagues and twenty-four cups on a regular basis. Everyone should. Everyone should. Sean Callan, the only one. We should know. Yeah. Um, You'd like to think. Like I'm sure a lot. Everyone knows how many fucking league titles are. Liverpool have won. How many Champions Leagues they've won? Yeah, I haven't brought this up on the show since then, but uh, we've been compiling a list of. um, We're getting the players to fill in how many leagues and cups Rovers have won. It was being used as a sort of um, a tiebreaker in the qualifiers. And then we just kept having the pairs fill it in. And then eventually we got all of them there a few weeks ago. And then we put the picture up on social media. And I did expect a bit, I expected a reaction. I expected people to be Mm. a bit annoyed. Not quite the extent it was though. I didn't realise people would be that angry. I hope so much, yeah. But uh, I just think as part of any club, especially a club like Shamrock Rovers, but the the attempts in recent years to and get into the community and create that kind of culture within the club to know as much as you can so when you walk into the stadium going into the dressing room there's a big Sitting long up. board that says all the league that's what we always say to them yeah okay. um, but as you say Sean Callum is the only one to get it correct 17-24 mm. put, put him in the team uh, McIniff and 
Man has picked a really high figure for your league titles. They probably thought they were something at Linfield. 40 or something. Was yeah. Those yeah, fair Linfield. Had the lot, didn't they, when they were up there. But uh, like we say, Ferrugia, 600 points with Liam Sertz, so maybe maybe he'll have a good crack at this uh, question from the East End. Fluent in two languages, that does help. Yeah. Reminds me of a funny comment we had uh, a couple of years ago because we had, you remember we had Paul Curry playing for us, another former student, and uh, he got like five out of ten or something in the quiz, got a couple of maths questions wrong, and Anton Matthews wrote on the forum, he goes, Paul Curry must have slept at a bus shelter at UCD. <laughs> Because there's no way he went to college there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That's a cracker. It's when you come to the radio show. Like, I mean, I mean, I would definitely have a higher IQ than some people, but I mean, there's a lot of very intelligent people in this In fairness, I'm coaching down Bangor, Greenhills Green Park now, and we played a friendly yesterday, and we were 3 2 up, and we did a break in the game, and uh, centre half, who's trying to be a doctor, to, uh, shouts out, Come on, lads, big three points here. Like the second nah, pre-season second game pre-season so like just because you're good at something doesn't mean that fucking pick he's also a Bowls fan exhibit so. A yeah so like I say I mean it would be great if all the players did know the history the new many leagues and cups we've won but I, I wasn't shocked that they didn't know to be honest but like not, maybe exaggerate I wouldn't hammer them for it but it just was a I wasn't angry I was disappointed yeah Yeah, you'd rather they know mm, like yeah. you say it's written on the bleeding walls yeah. in the tunnel but uh we had Declan Hughes on the podcast before, a uh, very popular guest. <laughs> there were a few tangents, uh, admittedly, in that interview. Uh, does he be in your ear, the UCD ball, giving you all the history, Connor? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't moderately surprised about the duration of that interview. Um, Solid 18 minutes, I thought. It was a long interview. <laughs> Carl shouted into me. He started, I listened to it first, and Carl's in the next room. But 20 minutes later through the wall, Carl goes, he's still talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to have a lot of time for Dex. He took you. over. He's a nice guy. A nice guy. Just He took over from one of my favourite League of Ireland people, which is the stadium announcer. Yeah. My personal favourite moment is when we took the lead against Finn Harps and he was you know, stadium announcer and he said, believe it or not, UCD have taken the lead. And we were going, love it, Dex. Nice one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, McDerry Ferris was talking about the interview, and he was like, "I was like, no, he he was great, but he generally went three minutes uninterrupted mm. when he was answering your first question. He he was just flabbergasted. Yeah, just went, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, I I broke down in hysterics when you said, "So how did you start supporting UCD?" And he went, "I believe it all started." And I was like, "Oh, here we go. This is <laughs> day one to present day. Every player he's Set ever seen. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver Whitecaps now." <laughs> Put, to put that in context, like three minutes uninterrupted. I once interviewed Mikey O'Connor in a comprehensive 90 second interview. <laughs> like, I covered every topic I possibly could. That doesn't surprise me now. I, I think, think I spoke more than he did yeah. in the interview. I don't think he knows enough words to talk for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you were challenged yourself, weren't you, Connor, about the UCD history and you just rattled it off? Yeah, I was, yeah. I think I, I was saying it should be a staple of lad, like any lads playing for a team that they should know and I got called out for not knowing our history which I did and uh, yeah won FAI Cup 84 three, from out in the what yeah three first divisions and fourth place highest division in Premier Division 
That Lawson impresses me now. Yeah, that How many players would know their highest yeah. league position if, yeah. if it wasn't the title? I think they just you look at um, what Decky Devine did with Derry. Even with like all the new players from his and taking them around. That was cool. History, yeah. history of the area and showed that history the same. Yeah. Appreciation for where you are. Yeah, you should have done it. Some of the growers. Well, maybe we just think that because we're fans. I don't know. So, Connor, on the greatest league in the world, you were uh, a bit hesitant to say who who you and your family support, but <laughs> I think the cat might be out of the bag now. Yeah, uh, I did my best for all of fourteen minutes, and then uh, yeah, couldn't resist. I didn't plan for it to come out. Just kind of uh, happened. In fairness, he was uh... in spectacular fashion. <laughs> Provoked. Yeah, provoked, I'll say. So I guess let's, like, where the love of Rovers begin, lads? Your earliest memories and first game and stuff like that? Um, well, I, I, that would have brought me first, obviously, uh, to the odd game when we were when I was younger. Um, and it was only when, a couple of games a season, it was only when I went to, just in the secondary school, me and Booker were the best mates at this stage. He had a similar backstory where his dad would have brought him on occasion. And me and Booker just decided we were going to start going. First season we went to every game. It's 2005. So, that still holds that against me is where you got Rovers relegated. But uh, it was a case of no turning back. Like, the, our group has changed a lot since then, but me and Booker have been yeah. the constants, you know. Still all the goals against my manager for that as well, because he was coaching Dublin City. Yeah, Collie, yeah, he's involved there, yeah. But uh, yeah, just quite something was in the family. Um, so only National Lacano will be the next to come with us. I think my first game was a European game when I was only like four or five. Audrey, Audrey yeah. yeah. Audrey. I think that was a case of God knows when we could end up in Europe again after this, you know, in a couple of years because of things were starting to turn bad in the club a couple of years mm-hmm. after that. My earliest season, I think, is the season after that because the first game I remember is the Dublin Derby in the FA Cup. Castles. Where you play Castles. The Castle two. Derby. Barry Murphy said the pen. That was the... Uh, one of the first games of first kind of spells and Rovers I really remember mm. and just the pure hysteria of beating them getting the DVD from the club shop in Taco Park at the time as well we was that <laughs> that that's probably the one that yeah, was the I game that, yeah. that's, that was one that I remember uh, vividly yeah that was probably my first first season I remember vividly as the first division mm. that was a great year actually yeah. tight Discover Ireland League a great time driving around in the the seven the big, seat, the, yeah, the big yeah. seven seat the car be packed Listen to Holly Hayden Custom, Holly Cairns and then all the seat, in yeah. the back yeah. bad ever the days don't go on it there anymore though good god oh Jesus yeah what about favourite players from back then or even post in Tata here well, as well we get the obvious one yeah. which is Twig who's my favourite player of all time but hmm. novelty more too much novelty or my first favourite player that I can remember uh, was I love Derek Tracy because just of his affinity. Oh, she has that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I loved Trevor Malloy at the time and uh, Shane Robinson from my tree that I loved. I think mine, weirdly enough, because I was so young, was Tyg Purcell that season. That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had this perception that he was an absolutely phenomenal goal scorer, which on reflection, he didn't get that many. At 12 or something. Yeah, 12. Yeah, um, post uh, that's for the Italian for don't get so Steve McPhail as well. McPhail in recent yeah, really re- in recent times. Um, <coughs> I have Alan Al- Al- Manis. It's a great picture actually. Obviously, yeah, I've moved from of himself and Manis uh, when Rovers won the league, 
Yeah. I think he's up to Manus' hip or something. It's gas. <laughs> so I think it out for you. So people were saying when I went into the league, because I haven't watched it for so long, was there any moment of being starstruck? And I never got it. We played in the FA Cup semi final and all that, and I never had that sense of, like, oh, here we go. And I played against players already, though. I, like, I mean, I would have gone nice. to actually see yeah. Reiner play, and he became my assistant manager and things like that. There was never any sense of that, and then we were in the tunnel before the Rawers game in Tala. And Alan Manus tapped me on the shoulder and said, Best of luck, big man. And I uh, melted into the floor, <laughs> broke down into tears, <laughs> clutching at his feet. Not an um, ideal uh, prep to the game. Oh, yeah, God, no. Yeah. I actually don't actually remember the game at all. It was stars, <laughs> tunnel vision, all at the end of the pitch, waving at him during the game. And all. Here's the question I just thought of at the top of my head. I'm going to presume Al is, is number one, so let's say, who have Rower's best three goalkeepers been since Tala? Since Dallas, this is this is this is your forte, not mine. But I'll tell you what I think they are. I think, Carlin never ever said he likes Barry Murphy, so I guess that No, but I can appreciate the fact that I think he was probably he was probably better before Tala. Yeah, before he was at his best and when he was younger, I think. Yeah, a couple of bad first couple years, sensation. He was never the same after the Sligo injury. I'll actually give one keeper who probably might have a bad rep now, but actually finished as a solid enough goalkeeper, which was Oscar Jansen. Because mm. he did he, approve he, when he, he started off, he had a hairy spell. I remember the game down in Cork, kind of would have epitomised him. Very young goalkeeper, yeah, he was so well, young. And I think he finished strong. Of endless amount of time for Ryan Thompson, purely for that save in Belgrade. It's great crack as well, yeah. And he's a lovely. If he, guy. If he could kick a ball, couldn't yeah, kick a ball have been like world, world class. He's, he pulled off saves so that I quick to keep with that day with it. Um, but you knew every game he was going to kick a ball to the edge of his own box. I actually didn't cause a goal on Vernus. No, he did it in Belgrade at home. Yeah. Yeah. Twice in one game, didn't he? He kicked straight to the centre forward yeah. and he didn't. And he loved Rovers. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'd go Manus, Thompson, Mur- no, Manus, Murphy, and either Thompson or Janssen. We haven't been fucking blessed, really, have we? No. We go through it. Otherwise, you're going to take like yeah, Highland, Highland and Rush and Brooks win. wasn't the worst, to be fair. He was solid. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was so to talking about Richard Brush, and I said, he's not bad. And he goes, yeah, he's just these very bad hands. They're always in pain. They're vital for being a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, he's doing, yeah. Still playing, isn't he? Up the knock, he's with Clifton, is he? I had a lot of time for Brush, where is he? He was at Harps for a while, wasn't he? Then he went north, yeah. I, think he's I don't think there was ever a goalkeeper we talked about, like outfield players who would have had issues with the club, like one of the Brennans or, uh, Brick. you know, or, um, mm. as we spoke about, Gilbert. There was an, always a great sense of wanting, not just for the club, but wanting the keeper to do well because they were yeah. never like bad characters. Yeah, oh, there was no, there was no malice towards Barry Murphy, the boss count. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like Hogan, Bittarius, Chichinsky. Crawled out under defence. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, Carol, I think we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but what's it like watching a Rawers game when your brother is in goal for the opposition? As Ozzy Nate would say. Mixed emotions! <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought, and I, always, I said it to him for years, said, because I, I always had a feeling he'd play in the league. And I said, I can't wait to be play to Rovers play against you. And I'm actually I hoped he was going to be playing four Rovers, but obviously now he's not. Um, I can't wait to Rovers thump you. And then on the day of the game, I was like, fuck, don't want to see him getting hammered. <laughs> and it was very much like that. I wanted to see Rovers win, but I wanted to see him play well. I think that was um, particularly bad for Jack Burns' goal, the first goal in the game as well. 
I'm, the worst was, was people were jumping on me celebrating yeah. and I was like I don't really <laughs> want to celebrate that you, know? well you. you had a good game though everyone like I remember talking to people after the game people were very complimentary towards you well, Tommy Kelly told me I'm going to bush your brother if he keeps saving the ball <laughs> yeah. I was like okay I still look back, that, back at that game now and see myself as like a baby within the league compared to I still am but compared to now it feels like a lifetime ago because mm. I think even in the game in the bowl I feel like a completely different keeper mm. um, but yeah there was there was a noticeable gap in the levels and that was enough that was unbelievable play and Today was probably ideal for you, Carl, wasn't it? Like we, we thumped UCD oh, and yes. Connor wasn't involved. Absolutely over the moon. Could like the, the, worked out better. Just really. relief for just to sit there and watch watch the game yeah, and hope Rovers win. Yeah. Brilliant. So if you get suspended for the next game, Zelda class. <laughs> um actually yeah. I know I uh, enjoyed today with that little bit of extra pressure. Because it's not great even like man, that'd be Rovers fans as well. They have to kind of change sides for these games. Man can't watch me play football. Nah. She goes to the game and just yeah. hides behind the wall because she can't yeah. watch. He's going to make a mistake. This the, I think this is the first year. Yeah. This is the first year she's gone to the season. Yeah. yeah. Correct. I was actually going to mention a bit later on that the only one she went to was when you scored the overhead. That was the first game she went and to. she hasn't been yeah, since. The, she went then when we won... The won the league, but she couldn't actually watch the game. The no, first game she the first game she went to was yeah when I scored that goal. I wouldn't let her go to another game. So Connor, you started out with the Temple Old United before you moved on to UCD. Correct. Yeah, I started when I was five, I think. It was a weird one because I think my my dad played for Crumlin when he was younger, and he was borderline thinking Crumlin Cherry Orchard, but then I just think he felt a more community-based club would work. And I don't, I don't know how it happened because Temple Oak don't really have a rich history. We just ended up in a phenomenal school. Boy Thanks, team. mate. We play for them. But look. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of Dublin as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we just, I just ended up in a team that had, for the school boy level, we had a phenomenal team. Yeah, yeah, we were. And I stuck there for 12 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Picked up a nasty injury my last season, right around the time I was meant to sign for UCD. Yeah. Like I was meant to be going in and that nearly ruined everything for me. And uh, they stuck it out with me, thank God. That, that Temple Oak team was unique. Alan Kinsley, he's played with balls. Um, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had them trained uh, train a couple of times a week. Like he's an awful lot of players. Three times about, a week, we're about nine. The last yeah. I went to Connor Davis playing that team. Stephen Kinsley, who went to, went to Everton. Darrell Corkin, who was at UCD. Like, there's so many players to play in the league or went away yeah. that he nurtured, to be yeah. fair to him. You got you got lucky. Actually, Obviously, you had the application available. You got lucky in terms of. I did, yeah. Where, where did you land? About a nearly a year, a head yeah. a year behind. I wouldn't have been as lucky as I was. Yeah. So. so I alluded to it a second ago. Before you even make your first team debut for UCD, you find yourself going viral because in an under 19s game against Cork, you went for up for a corner in the last minute, and you scored an outrageous bicycle kick. So yeah. describe this moment. You probably talked about it many times, but. Not ah, Johnny Blues, so. Never get sick of it, don't worry, it's fine. Um, yeah, went to for Cork, went to Cork, we never picked up a point down there. And decent side. They're Cork on a very decent side. Um, ball broke in the box, and uh, I still, I'm looking back on it now, I've absolutely no idea because it wasn't the most necessary thing to do. I had a, lot, ahead, of, I had a lot of time and space. <laughs> but uh, yeah, went for it, and uh, I actually still remember looking over my shoulders in the ball going in and the pure. Just hysterics of laughter. Like, mugged everyone off. <laughs> uh, ran off to the corner, doing the Alan Shearer celebration. And then uh, ended up with soccer AM to East Hill. It's quite Tales odd that the ball got lofted up. It was, yeah, I don't even know In how that position, 
it just seemed really odd that it would set, sit up for you so perfectly. I have that moment. The header. You have I went header on, yeah. on the first header and then someone had a shot and like a crowd of bodies and I thought, I'd love to see how it ended up popping up in the other way it did because it was a keeper, a defender and a striker mm-hmm. just hit the ball at the same time and it went up mm-hmm. and a mate of mine, Dave Coffey, was actually playing a goal and he'd had an unbelievable game that day. We'd pepped him and uh, I remember driving out of the car park and he just <laughs> drove past me, flipped me off out the window when he was <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I, I wasn't that surprised that you scored because every week you come in and say if Tampa Lock happened to have a bad result I should be playing up front and I should be, I should be <laughs> scoring goals because he, he was playing outfield the only reason he went in goal really was because he was the best out of the bunch there and he's yeah, no natural goalkeeper like he, he fancied himself to get into every team playing outfield as well yeah. I heard you say you don't ever watch it back because you'd like to just have your own memory of it. My mum, on the other hand, loves watching it back. Yeah. Maybe after that happened, we'd try to go to sleep. My mum would have it on TV turned up full volume <laughs> over and over and over again. No, I don't like watching it back because I've watched, obviously watched it a few times, but I prefer like the memory of it. It's the same thing with, like, I don't think I've watched a video of us lifting the league trophy since mm. that night. I don't like rewatching those things over and over again because I like having that vivid memory of what the moment itself was like. Um, and I'm glad I didn't watch it back too much because I can't hold on to that now. For We've watched it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have seen it. Could have it. Have Could have, could have taken it down. And yeah, could have made that song much simpler. Central option. Really, like think about it. So tell us about getting the call for soccer AM. Yeah? I've, t- I've said this before. I thought it was a total wind up because I just started going into the first team training and being on the bench with them. Um, and. So that was actually, I started going in my first training session with the first team was 2015 in the Europa League and I knocked the centre forward unconscious and wasn't invited back for ages <laughs> and that happened tempted and overhead then, kick was it? yeah and then I thought that training session yeah do you remember yeah. my first <laughs> training session real nervous cleaned someone out of it and then I'd started going in being a regular in the training sessions and they said I was going to go on Soccer AM and I thought it was a complete piss take and then I got a phone call off an English number in the car with my man and I was Chatting to him, he's like, the English accent is like, oh, I can't, it's rock away from soccer. I am. I was like, nah, it's not, it's not. <laughs> and then he was saying, he was fighting me over, and I was like, yeah, Grant, sorted out going to show. And he goes, Grant, have you got a passport? I was like, no, no, I do not have a passport. I lost my passport. So I had like three days to get an international student card because I couldn't get an emergency passport. So that didn't nearly, nearly didn't happen, actually. Mm. Remember, it was panic stations for a couple of days. Then I have to fly over then, over and back in the same day. Yeah. So they asked you to re- recreate the goal and you got it in one take. But no one believes it? No one believes me. Everything's just pre-recorded. <laughs> I did I, I did a rehearsal and I had to do like three or four. Missed every single one by a tremendous distance. Kicked one out of the car park. <laughs> <laughs> Booted it away. And uh, I remember Fenris who was uh, dishing the balls out to me. Said, Fenris. <laughs> what do you want me to call him? <laughs> Mr. Fen. Um, he was saying to me like if you miss the first one we have a, like you can see and if there's like seven or eight footballs there so we've loads here we're just going to keep throwing them until one of them goes in it's like, it's like if, if it starts going for too long like the keeper won't try as long as you hit the target it's like grand I was like if I don't get this first time I'm going to look again oh yeah definitely and uh, it was better than the first one really it was a good finish, yeah, finish yeah. on that show with uh, Justin Edinburgh actually I was yeah, yeah. which is very very sad because yeah. he was a really really nice season. bloke to had took a lot of time to to talk to me and uh, to kind of. Did they say it's signed? They said it's signed. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So that was a. Uh, that 
that was a particularly sad one because he was a came across a very genuine bloke when I met him on that show. How old were you? Uh, 17, 18? 17 or 18, yeah, it might have been 18, probably was it three years ago now? Oh, that's got me. 18, yeah, 2016, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go the way of Freddie Adu at this point because it just seemed like too much too soon and you were going to crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you're a under 19s UCD player on soccer again. I, t- I just kind of took it and it was a weird one. I just was so skeptical for so long. And then I wasn't going to do it because I didn't want it to be kind of a, to call it like a token type of one thing I'd ever do and you know, be a bit of a mistake. You said that though, didn't you? Yeah, and then eventually I said I'd do it, go on. And uh, there was too much positivity around <laughs> it in fairness, especially because I was a youth player. There was no pressure on me, like no one was expecting to go and score an overhead next week, you know? And there was no negative kind of, no negative around it. It was. It was just everything was just. It was so because it was special. Because most people looked at youth football, it was taken so lightly, and it was like it was a bit of crack that had happened. Yeah. Um, compared, they weren't saying like, oh, he's got like what a goalkeeper he's going to be. Yeah, there was no. No hype. No hype about it. Yeah, it was no chair, no samba. So you're on the bench for all of the 2017 season. It was it was the following year when you made your breakthrough with 2018 and UCD. Obviously, you won the first division, so a fantastic year for you. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Remember the first, I said this on the, the other podcast, that we were told on our first day of pre-season we were going to win the league. And the manager and the assistant manager came in and said, forget everything that goes into the press, we're going to win the league. Looking back on it now, there was lads who were sceptical um, about whether or not we could do it. That team we had for the bulk of that season could push into your green spot. Um, and it's no reflection on the lads we have now but it was just they had the experience at the time lads would come to the end of their, the end of their cycle, college yeah, the end of their cycle yeah. so um, I think we've we'd lost like halfway through the season every team in the first division now this season had lost either more games or the same amount of games that we lost in the whole year so we really had a, we had a really strong side um, and I think there was never there was never a moment of doubt I never thought we weren't going to win it we had a record of 7 the one, only one, one I nine. remember uh, when Longford thumped us 5-1 thanked us yeah, yeah. but uh, I think everyone thought the wheels were going to come off then and you made a good start as well if you compare that to this year like how topsy-turvy was that first division for the first 15-16 mm-hmm. yeah. weeks whereas UCD made a strong start yeah we hit the ground running it was 7-1-1 one one after the nine, first 9 games just the first round um, we lost the game at home to Longford and I think that was it and then we got tanked by Longford we didn't lose again to the dock in the FA Cup semi-final so there was we handled I think the lows of the season very well because any time we lost the game we were brought in and it was like pizza and beers and we'd sit down and talk about it which we couldn't do this season because we'd always start fight alcoholics but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but last season yeah that was what we did we were brought in we'd watch the game we'd talk about it have a drink or two shout it out and it would be forgotten about it. and that was kind of how we put it to bed um, but uh, yeah there was a great sense of camaraderie in that dressing room and like that's why like, we can't be too critical of ourselves this season the expectation on the team this season was based on last year not on the players that we have now who were lots of players still finding their feet you know I think I'm the second or third most experienced player in the squad and it's my second season you look at the players you lost and where they went to as well like yeah. seriously, seriously yeah. good players seriously good players look at Liam Scales Liam Lazzle again when I was on being out injured, like, injured. Josh has been no playing at 70% yeah. fitness for the entire season He's in, it's unusual when you look at a squad and the oldest player is like 25 or something Gaz was our oldest player 
And way, he goes into Rovers and everything. So I think he came in Mac and F at the same age and they're relatively young. I think Prof used my stat last week that Kotaro was owning the entire UCD bench. Yeah. Didn't even like, credit me. Uh, in fairness, I had read on Twitter as well. So that was definitely a statement. You know your resources are being stretched when Guitar was older than your entire silver bench. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's about 73, isn't he? He's about <laughs> Yeah, I think that was just a rough spell where it was a case of could we get... I, I, I'm still amazed that we came out with three fantastic results over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Not because of the players or because of the ability in the dressing room, because, was, I mean, there's still bags of ability in that team, um, player by player. It's just a different level. Going away to the brandy man is a hell of a lot different to playing your third game, going away to, you know, mm-hmm. Lizzie Wallen to play in that loan. With the greatest respect to them, it's, it does levels. There's, there's a difference between... Two and a half thousand on the twelfth mm. of July compared to. Mm. They're know. playing against, playing against men. Against men, yeah. So it's different. Probably you and Pat Tohi have seen more UCD games, mm. Carol, than any other Rowers fan. You're closet UCD fan, so. They play lovely football, don't they? I don't go to see them an awful lot, obviously because. It's watching me play. <laughs> obviously, when Rowers are on, I go. But the um, last year, I was really, really impressed with them, and I think the team last year would have put up. A good challenge to anybody in the league this year, but like losing the players was just so yeah, difficult. And they do, they try and play it again the right way. I remember under seeing UC under Martin Russell, and they got away from that kind of UCD philosophy of trying to play ball. But Collie and Ryan brought it back in, and uh, they look really, really good. And it shows they're producing the players, and yeah. it's a testament to the work that they've done that they are losing them as well. But that's the nature of being a, a playing for UCD, you know. Carl actually has the honour of being the first current to start a fight at a UCD game in the ball, yeah, it is, yeah, last season. Did you fight Deccan Hughes? No. Deccan Hughes. <laughs> you tried to fight the entirety of that loan. Yeah. Yeah, I got injured against that loan, taken off with a, a damaged joint on my shoulder, and uh, I think I was walking off and I had words with the player. And their goalkeeping coach had a go at me, and before I knew a car was leaning over the barrier, roaring abuse at them, yeah. <laughs> being held back by our old lads and yeah. Sean Downs. Yeah, brought one of my mates back in and the first game we went and coming out <laughs> after all the, the scuffle, he just said, I'm never ever going to a game with you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go viral, did it? The Lucy won in Larry's. Obviously, you mentioned the step up being difficult. You, you lost 11 games in a row at one point. Yeah. Uh, you've turned around brilliantly, in fairness, the last few weeks. Uh, Carl, did you even privately maybe write them off at one point because it looked like they were really going to struggle oh yeah oh yeah I've, I, 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 yeah, I, I, in fairness I said last season say that to you. before I'd seen them I said yeah he asked me honestly he was waiting for to finish and I said fifth or sixth I didn't give them a hope coming into this season if they had that team I said they would have done well but when they went on that run just losing game after game after game it's hard to turn that around whatever level you're playing at when you get into a, a, a habit of losing but they've rallied and they've actually changed the way they play now if you look they set up with a five and it's just a bit more grit and they're kind of grinding things out they're not like I was cascading them for trying to play balls out when they were like getting bashed sometimes you have to just mm-hmm. sit in and be be structured and be difficult to be and now they're doing that and they're picking up results apart from today because their goalkeeper suspended it's yeah. the, main, the main factor yeah I wish <laughs> Easy so, for me. Yeah. so we mentioned the upturn in results, uh, 7.79, three clean sheets, you mm-hmm. and God for all three of them, including 
balls last Monday with a brilliant 1-0 win. We made it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the start of the show. <laughs> so this lifted you off the bottom of the table and you made a great stop from Leahy in the 95th minute as well. That must have felt unbelievable. Yeah, and it was just... I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend I was going to say, like, you forget who you were playing against. It was just defending. No, I knew exactly who I was playing against and if I conceded, I would have been furious. Um, we defended really well for the whole game. They started without a striker um, and also with a player who shouldn't be playing at all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think later on they were just throwing everything at us and it was a case we were grinding it out, grinding it out. And I wouldn't, like, I mean, I, I think it was the timing probably did me a huge favour when people said it was a fantastic stop, but it was okay. Like, I was, would want to keep it out. He actually said we came home. I said, I didn't even play that well. He yeah. like, played well. He said, he didn't do that spectacular. Didn't spectacular. It was just, it was the case, it was the 95th minute, he won a header from seven yards out and I kept it out of the goal. That, I think that added mm. a gloss to it. Um, yeah, we were definitely nastier in that game than we have been and the last, the previous two games we had to be, I suppose, than we have been uh, on the run of 11 because we played some brilliant football, even when we when we played Rovers in the bowl, which is one of the games. Played very good football. We gave away a really stupid goal and I don't think we would cons- we would have conceded that goal the way we defended in the last three games because it was just too much aggression in that game. Mm. Whereas that, that game could have easily filled it out to a nil all. Played those 11 games again, I don't know if we lose all of them. So uh, I think the, the grit and determination that's gone into the games recently has helped. So Back then, to the balls game because everyone's going to want to hear this. <laughs> so then the full-time whistle blows and you appear to be happy. Really, really happy. So, tell us what happens next. Simply out loud in the crowd and uh, waved up to him ecstatically. One segregate stand. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't prove anything else. Uh, I, uh, I was from, I think it was four minutes into the game, we had a goal kick and I put the ball down and a very loud voice in the crowd goes, you rovers prick. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> 86 minutes of this. Um, like I think maybe it's partly naive from me that the abuse got very personal and I reacted to it um, it was also partly or the support in me taking over the football with me a line you probably have to uh, walk a little bit better than I did <laughs> but uh, oh god I did was wave my fist in the direction of a, a thousand angry reprobates <laughs> <laughs> what a word to use <laughs> so an absolute riot ensues between the two sets of players um, I mean, who was involved? You got Talbot involved. You got Buckley, who's being a bit sneaky. He's kind of he's pulling your hair at one point, isn't Pulled he? My hair and no, no repercussions for him. And it's yeah. Pender who's getting the ban, like yourself. Do you know what? What 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 Pender did? Pender did what I would have wanted Rovers players to do when Talbot did it to us. He doesn't strike him. He goes head to head. Fair enough. I don't mind that. It's a sneakiness of Buckley. Which sums him up. If I didn't really want, uh, like people are saying to me, well, surely Buckley's got to get suspended, or maybe Talbot's got to get suspended, or, you know what I'm saying, Detzer has to be suspended if I'm suspended. I didn't really want any uh, balls players to get a suspension off the back of that because, to be honest, I thought it was handbags. Uh, Detzer as club captain reacted how I'd expect a club captain to react if you were trying to run up to support us. Mm. I never felt, I was never going to cause anyone any harm, and I think he was never going to cause me any harm. He was just trying to intimidate me a little bit. Um, Buckley's Buckley he's like summed him up you know pulling hair and gouging eyes but even then I didn't want him suspended who gives a rats no one got hurt Um, and yeah it's just 
it, it's on the page was handbags. Yeah, it was handbags. You know, I, I think that was the general mm. feedback when mm. the video came out was that the, the ruckus was. I just couldn't believe they'd be. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I Hulk, mean, line what? and sinker. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like I was going here, going, going to cause an absolute riot yeah. here after this game. Yeah. Um, once I did my celebration, I kind of thought it was over. I walked away from it. Uh, turned my back on it and it was as good as done to me um, even when Dexter got involved without running away I think because it's not a natural instinct to just go and pelt the 400 yards away from him I think I did as mild a reaction as, reaction as you can expect from that which was just looked him down stayed on the back foot didn't let him intimidate me but didn't aggress, like, progress aggressively or anything like that so what about all the violent conduct yeah that's what I about to say I mean that's the charge against you violent conduct yeah have you been really banned for one game for that? I've gotten one game. There's going to be a report out this coming week to see if it could extend into three games. Um, you you, you it, could get you could get in trouble for you say here. Can I just say it's absolute fucking nonsense? It is. Yeah. I look. I I think uh, Derek Tommy, who was the referee, made the decision on what he saw at the time. Uh, I I mean Dets is another one as well. He's done for violent conduct as well, and I I don't think either one of us would say we felt particularly physically threatened by one another at the time or that we was ever a violent action going to like, break out at any time mm. um, but like it's, it's the nature of, of an incident like that happens I think the FBI would be probably. like busy mm. with other events that are going on this week so trying maybe, to, maybe people trying like to ban people for handbags some people John Delaney's 50th yeah. birthday bash. some Isn't people wanted things imagine that imagine your company paying for your, your, your <laughs> that's clown I'm going to get on the tree now and see what the story is is what it is I think some people wanted to see a punishment handed down and the majority of people didn't but look I, I'm not gonna I'm, I'll take whatever punishment comes my way and have to deal with it but uh, the main thing is like I mean there was no injuries uh, and the big thing that was lined out to me about the club that all they said was putting ground staff in danger which that was something I didn't take into account but uh, I, I, was, I was happy that no one Ended up with any serious injuries apart from nah, and it's happened not ended up in any pain or anything like that. That was the main. Well, thing. How, you were was, probably in the most uh, danger of serious injuries because you had to oh, wait yeah. a while to leave. Right into the firing line, yeah. And then once you did, you were getting pelted by all sorts coins. What else? Yeah, like it was like it was empty bottles and coins. I wouldn't. I'm not going to blow that way out of proportion. I mean, I know if it was Shamrock Rovers, everyone would be jumping on that, loving to do that and try put them down. I'm not going to jump on that brigade because I don't need to. Um, there was a few empty bots thrown at me. I think I got hit with a coin or two. Like it was, it was again. I didn't feel like I was. My life was seriously in danger. See, so dish it out. You get it back. Was kind of my attitude to it. Um. And then yeah. But first, Tabitha did that to us, and we were still able to control ourselves as a group. Yeah, look, that's it's just the reaction was false. Fans that can't can't control themselves. Yeah, like I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting. The I suppose the I wasn't objects expecting to be thrown at me. Funny to be <laughs> I wasn't expecting a reaction to that to that degree after the whole thing. Um, One thing he hasn't mentioned is death threats online, getting people people abusing yeah. his girlfriend and abusing his family. Yeah, about half time. That that's the, that was the main in behind it because people obviously looked me up on social media because the abuse towards the end of the game and after the game was very personal. Um, I suppose the older you get and the longer you play in the league, if I do, I'll have to you know be able to cope with that. But uh, again, for all the personal insults that I got, I waved my fists back at them. I laughed at them, and you know, if I'll I'll take whatever I have to, whatever punishment I have to get for doing that. But yeah, lovely bunch there, boys. Thank you, Carl. Hmm? 
Let's see. I, I don't, can't get fined like that. So no, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely horrible. To yeah, the but core. and this fucking hipster propaganda that they're going on with now. What a load of nonsense. Yeah. What they pensioner murdering nonsense. Yeah. I could go on. How long is this show? <laughs> uh, probably going to go a few hours at this point. <laughs> but we inconvenienced uh, Tobias on the train, so we're just as bad. Yeah, I know, yeah. How dare we sing on the train? Yeah. yeah. Angels. Uh, can I just say, on behalf of me and Carl, you, sir, are our hero. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, 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 Carl, I'm looking forward to when the fan Shamrock Rovers player of the year without actually being a Shamrock Rovers player. Any inputs or votes? The reaction in the suite. Like it was yeah. just unbelievable. <laughs> I just did what any other Shamrock Rovers fan would have done, really, which is he got one chance. I said I probably would have skipped over, but never know when I'm going to get that chance again to stick it to them. So, uh, yeah. The WhatsApp group, Carl, as this unfolded. I mean, you were there, so it was obviously. I wasn't. I wasn't. Also, oh, you weren't no, there. No, I was. Um, I, was home, yeah. I was boxing, and then I, I got home, and I was, I was the score came through on the phone, and I actually was refreshing Twitter for the, for the last fifteen minutes of the game, waiting for the results come in. And uh, I saw the save, and I was like, "Doesn't get any better than this." And then the next tweet was, "Bose mm-hmm. fans, uh, McDowell first tweet, Bose fans take exception to Conor and celebrate in front of them." I was like, "Oh no, it actually does get better than this." <laughs> just and ev- then every text came through. Every just, text that followed just got funnier and yeah, funnier, and we were the all pictures in and the videos. I've never sh- seen a shitstorm like yeah. on tw- on it's Twitter, probably, on social media. At some point, in my career is probably going to want to bite back in the ass, but it was still worth it. Yeah, didn't go into my shell either. But, but that's what I think. I remember Tony O'Dell. He was on this, and he was saying, "You take those moments when you get the opportunity to wind people up and win games and have the crack like that, because you can guarantee in football it's going to come back around." Back, yeah. And it, it it always does, and that's the nature of football. And the people take it that fucking seriously that they're all threatening people. And it's not like we instigated yeah. it. Threatening from behind when they're running up the stairs. Imagine coming out after a game and talking about a club being spineless and having no bottle and yeah, there you go. going into their shell. So it's not like. Us as a club are the instigators of that whole thing. What are you so you can instigate? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, so like, I mean, if it was just victim complex. That what I will say is that I wish Rovers players would have would show the same type of fight and battle that he had. When you mentioned that, I was going to bring this up. Do you remember when Dan Cleary scored mm. and he celebrated and he ran across Eric Dugill mm. and you just see everyone just sort of sitting there mm. Would you have liked to see our player stand up Absolutely. and give him dogs? That's what I said. That's what I said. Penda for, for everything he said after at the time. I, I've absolutely no issue with him going over in front of him. And if he didn't, yeah. I'd be saying, "Jesus, there a soft touch." I had no problem with it either. No. I, afterwards, I mean, I'm not going. Apart from the fact that they play for balls, I'm not going to go out and hold a personal grudge about any player who was involved in that. You know, thing afterwards because I don't really remember that. Even the way it is, a couple of years time, we could be sitting in the same dressing room. Like that's the equivalent for another mean, club. I mean, if they go out and get definitely home, not balls. If they go out and get a home ball or that or something, they can. Yeah, well, yeah. So they're, they're, they're in the wrong game. Uh, handbags. Yeah. So after all that, after all that we just discussed, UCD were awarded a three 0 win anyway <laughs> because balls fielded God, an eligible player. Jackass! Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we already the game was won before. <laughs> what a weird I week even, this was. <laughs> Bizarre. The first thing I said was, "Can we get the suspension written off?" And they're like, "No." But the game doesn't even count. They they never, it they doesn't exist anymore. Took your off him. Shambles. Just, like, just for yo-yo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. a little petition going to get both the extra two goals awarded to Connor. <laughs> <laughs> <And the rest. laughs> yeah. No, it was a uh, yeah bizarre. 
completely bizarre. Thank God as well. Like, Could he have to spend it against us? Stats-wise, that's actually one of my biggest nightmares. Is that, like, say for example, uh, Jason Byrne had equaled the all-time record for goals scored. Hmm. He scored one against Monaghan. In yeah. 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just would have torn me inside. Like, what do you do? Do you count that goal or do you not count it? What if he had been level? Oh, oh yeah, if he had a gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the sort of thing yeah. that keeps me up with that. That would have kept you up, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't give a rat's ass. I would have taken that away from him. I would have taken away from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, that's just personal. <laughs> so, um, we have something called a list of hatred. Uh, I'll leave it to people's imagination who yeah. you would want to stick on that list, Connor. So I won't put you on the spot. We also have a grinds my gears, a smart PC version. If you want to go for that one, so Connor and Carol, what or who is pissing you off lately? Not to be a person, it can be a thing or a concept or whatever. In general football, or does it have to be League of Ireland? General life. General football, I'd say. Uh, var, I, I hate it. With Thank a, you. I hate it with a passion. Yeah, I hate it. Like. It, I'm, I think we're lucky that we're in a league where there is no prospect of it ever coming in which is great but when you're watching games like say City and Spurs it's borderline okay the decision was right but if you're a City player or a City fan I think from a fan's perspective and a goal goes in and you'll go off in delirium and celebration like we had against Brandon or Pico's goal imagine in Pico's situation the goal had been like, rubbed off a couple of, couple of like 30 seconds two minutes later that it just destroys that moment. Like, do what you condition do, fans do you to stop think celebrating goals? Not to, yeah. Do you think, like, when you, when you score, like, oh, we have to wait for this? Oh, yeah. that's it, it just ruins the game. Uh, individuals, uh, kind of mistakes are part of football. And yeah. That's like that's part of the thing what makes it. And um, oh, it's fucking despise it. Despise it. There was a moment at Rishon Park uh, a couple of weeks ago, and. Some fella just shouted out, like, get it back on the VAR. And a kid heard this and just went into hysterics for literally 10 minutes. This kid was laughing at this. He was like, ah, he said VAR, get it on the VAR. I'm just thinking, imagine this kid in 30 years' time now, growing up, watching VAR being used for the World Cup and the Euros yeah. and the Premier League and the Champions League. And it will never be used in the League of Ireland. Yeah. So in 30 years' time, he'd be saying, where the fuck's the VAR? Well, yeah. hopefully he's conditioned at that stage to say, thank God I don't support a league where you have this nonsense. I'd love to go back, actually, think of the amount of unbelievable moments in football that VAR would have chalked off. I'd love yeah. to take it. Well, this wouldn't happen if it wasn't VAR. So many different things. Yeah. I'd say. I think uh, one thing's going to piss me off next season, and I know, I know people are going to get pulled up on it, is this new... I know one that's going to care apart from me about this, by the way, is the... Penalties with goalkeepers. Oh yeah. And what happens when you have people who aren't goalkeepers clearly trying to work on a real for it's completely yeah. nonsensical. Yeah. Like I explain mean, it just so it's the whole thing of having to have one foot on the line. Yeah. And saving a penalty when the ball is struck. Or it even is a grey area because in the women's world cup, which Kyle was really passionate about <laughs> there was an incident with Scotland where the ball was struck, the keeper had one foot on the line, saved the penalty, went to VAR. So then VAR overruled it. So then the question of the actual penalty rule came back up with the... It's completely all, stupid. Like as long as they don't do what Kieran Kelly did, close the penalties yeah, down, yeah. then it should be fine. That Champions League final was a farce. Remember the one with Ace and Lang Juventus? Kieran Kelly played that one, jeez. Yeah, that one as well. <laughs> Fuck Kieran Kelly. Um, 
Oh, the, uh, the, 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 you're not allowed to touch yeah. the flame with a goal either, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's all sorts of like that's nonsense. Like, I mean, honestly, goal keeper, Bluebell's goalkeeper, uh, Andy McNulty say, um, she might as well just like, not put a goalkeeper in there at yeah, all. Like, honestly, because you just have to fall left yeah. or right. Like, it's, yeah. it's bizarre and it's just the stupidity of someone who else trying to get everything down to a fine. Yeah. Like, it's not an exact just, science. Yeah, people always say football's not an exact science and they're trying to make the decision making process like down to the finest yeah. margins. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's got to be a happy medium because I remember Dida for AC Milan in the 2003 Champions League Yeah, that final was one I was just talking and about. And yeah. he came off the line for yeah. two or three of them. Yeah, At one point, fall. he almost reached the six yard line. Yeah, yeah. But this is the thing if the officials just. And, like, it's a step, the isn't it? Did, their, did the job properly and crack down on keepers coming miles off the line and were just stuck to the rule, that rule, and were harsh on it? Mm. This wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. But people will play the. Uh, Grey area. There's no grey area. You know, if a keeper's come three yards off his line, it's nonsense. You know that if he's just like taking a step, Kelly, the propel himself forward. Then. It's always baffled me, though. Like, you're, you're talking about fine margins, about one foot being on a line and your momentum taking all that. But, like, the bad ones I've seen, the goalkeeper will have a little run up Walk three forward. yards. And that's, that's the obvious ones. And there's a that's linesman the standing there. And yeah. his literally his only job in the penalty shootout you had one job. Yeah. is to look at that. And he doesn't flag up. Like, oh, I love to see how often that actually happens. I so remember regularly at all. I don't know. If this is a video. I just kind of went viral on YouTube. It was an American game, and a keeper saved two penalties, and the lines were flagged for both of them. Really? Uh, because he came off his line and both of them. Both of them the correct decision, and then there was a third penalty. And they scored the third penalty, and the team who actually <coughs> saved the two penalties felt horribly aggrieved and all this. That should be the bar standard. He came. He completely broke the rules of the game, and if that was applied. Well, you go back to it. Worldwide, like, this wouldn't be an issue. But like. referees applying rules. I remember the big deal made in the Premiership a couple of years ago with Mike Dean for all his faults. When Bolton went into the box and sent the house up pulling out with yeah. people going for it, and he was given penalties for it. And he was slated. Was like, but that's how you get it out. How, how you get things like that out of the game, like people coming off the line and people pulling shorts and things that annoy But yeah. People are aggrieved when you do try and avoid things like that. protection of keepers. We're the most protected people in the sport now, and it's nonsense. I would probably shut up for <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Because you know it's a keeper when you get away with one. And I don't mm. think any keeper... Every now and again, a keeper might throw up a, a fuss. But a lot of the time, the argument for that would be... Not that it was a foul, but oh, you see them giving all the time. Yeah. So if you see them giving incorrectly all the time, and the one time he correctly gives it, mm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. They just did it properly on the line. People like conditioning. Well, my own player tackled me and we got a, we got a free out. Took the free kick though. You didn't oh, say the ref. Oh, yeah. Did. Yeah, oh, Jesus, yeah. no. Remember that one in Bunkran a couple of years ago, Carl? Where a Derry defender oh, ran into Jared Doherty. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And the referee blew up a foul. That was scandalous. That was, um, and we, that's when we celebrated that game where we, we were, celebrated. We were right beside the dairy yeah. fans. Well, there's no, just, oh. There was literally just a rope between us, mm. yeah. and then they laughed at us. Quite yeah, hard. Man, actually, yeah, that was. If you talk to Booker, actually, that was one of his worst moments. That's probably worse than relegation for him. He was so upset <laughs> by that. Burke scored an absolute cracker that game, didn't he? Is that that oh, Burke. He's got, that, 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 he's that got a few crackers, are you? Yeah, that was my first interview on the podcast. Was that when you had was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Calling me. Um, so speaking of penalties lads too long must have been a fantastic experience for you Connor. Uh, you came off the bench you make your Ireland under 21's debut in the third place playoff clean sheet and saved a penalty against Mexico 
Yeah. I mean, I was clutching a straws with the clean sheet. I think it was on the pitch for 20 minutes, but uh, <laughs> take it. Um, yeah, I think it was disappointing not to win the game. But uh, uh, penalties is a lottery. Managed to save one. It should be a nice token to have. Tournament itself was nice to get a feel for a full-time football because obviously with UCD juggling the studies, don't get that, which is... Tread Summer, it's applied a bit more, but it's still difficult to exactly replicate what it was like over there. Um, and getting to, thrown into the environment of players who are playing in English academies and like who are some lads who are playing in the Europa League now. Um, it was nice to get a feel for the differences in the level and and how uh, how quickly I could see myself adapting to that environment. Uh, Dara Leahy, funny enough, mentioned, mentioned him earlier, a victim of some wine games by the Mexican keeper Gerardo because they scored his penalty but then it had to be retaken and then your man goes, you're going to change your mind, I know you. I love that. So he went the yeah, same way, yeah. uh, but you saved it this time. Yeah, um, I didn't really have. I think I think I was annoyed with the official in terms of the blowing the whistle. But I mean, lads are giving out about the the keeper shouting and screaming at him. The way I see that is the equivalent of a you see players do all these slow walk run ups. That's their version of a mind game. Keepers aren't really complaining. We can't move. We can't really. We can't mirror that exact type of mind game where you slow down and try outwit them. Um, even a penalty shootout should be, if it's going to be a battle of mind games, it should be a 50 50, not something totally favouring the player that only he can try wind you up. I had no real problem with him shouting at it. If you let that get to you, let that get to you. But uh, if you try to blame yourself for missing the penalty on that, then. I think that's the week we were beating with balls. Was so yeah, I watched, we watched it in too long. I watched Ireland and Rovers lose that week, and balls were a fault for both. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate them. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, so I'll ask the obvious question, Connor. Would you like to play for Shamrock Rovers one day? Nah, not really pushed on it. To be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, like I think it's like I'm not going to go and try it. The thing I said to Cal was the worst thing about the whole incident was I don't want it to appear like I'm trying to force a move and. Like I'm desperately waving my arms around going, please sign me. Um, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, like, I mean, I think there's no point in trying to dance my way around this question and talk about it. And, you know, uh, like you see with some interviews where oh, I'm a UCD player now. Everyone knows I support Shamrock Rovers. Uh, and everyone knows it's been my dream. Everyone knows me it's been my dream to play for them for, I don't know, I'm 21 now, so 16, 17 years. So as long as I've, I've played football, um, the lads were talking to me about it. You know, there was, like there was various offers from other clubs that I can't talk about in detail but um, people had said to me you know if Shamrock Rovers came in for you would you sign and these all support English teams and I just said it was my mate I was a Liverpool fan I said if Liverpool came in and offered you to sign that's the equivalent of what it is for me probably bigger because I went to every game Um, yeah so I, I mean there's a lot of moves in England that I'd take Shamrock Rovers over in a heartbeat just it's just yeah uh, the same as any Rovers fan, you know, you, you go to the games for that long, you you have it instilled in you, you know, um, there's still a, a sense of attachment to the club that I can't get out of me, even from a couple of years of not being able to go, which was on Thursday night <laughs> when I went to the game. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, I can't be saying out in here fucking celebrating too much or playing them on Sunday. Fucking Jack Burns scores, and I just had this six foot four albino jump around the back <laughs> celebrating. It was going on. I thought you were going to control yourself. Yeah. yeah, and I was standing there, my leg was leg shaking, shaking. at hundred miles yeah. an hour. I was like, "Can't you shit yourself when you're standing up here? Yeah. It's way easier on the pitch." But uh, yeah, uh, but I'd imagine if it if if it ever happens, 
it's probably a while into the future, yeah. Because it'd be the equivalent of us. Playing for hours, like, I, I can't. I can't see a Formula within the next two weeks if that's what people are wondering about. Two years. What I would say, uh, Carl, is that you've got. It's not. It's unusual at the moment for a goalkeeper to be playing uh, that young at that level. Like, I think it's just him and and Talbot. So it wouldn't necessarily be like when we signed Kevin Horgan, who was 20, mm. and you know wasn't going to get anywhere near the mm. first team. We'd actually be signing a goalkeeper with some experience you know, and mm. very promising. I, I, I even detaching myself, which is pretty difficult to do. I think he's a start of the season. If he had a frogs had a gun, so I know what it's said absolutely no way he's not ready. Yeah, we discussed it. Um, he, and he wasn't. Uh, after this season, I think you've seen him improve. I think Al is thirty-seven, is he? Mm-hmm. Um, the way we want to play is passing the ball out. Anyone who's watched him play can see he can pass the ball. Taking fucking ridiculous risks at times, but he can pass the ball. Um, I'd be comfortable in playing for Rovers next year or within the next couple of years. If my society alternatively just oh, sign me as Hulkman, that shit has opposition fans for the whole <laughs> Yeah, that'd be class, yeah. It's free the caution, that would have been coming down soon as well. There's obviously plenty of players you can follow in the footsteps, and not just on Ian Ferrugia recently, but Bolliger, Finn, Watts, yeah. all former students. So it's the history there of transfer between the two clubs. Bolliger and Finn, funnily enough, actually, I did a camp out in New Zealand for equivalent of an FEI camp, a football camp out there, and Bolliger and Finn were my coaches one year. Yeah, you would have been two, six or something, wouldn't you? Those two and Shane McFall were the three. Mm. So that's a bit of trivia for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do like trivia. Uh, I heard a rumour that you uh, texted Brazzer to say to uh, wait until next season to win the FAA Cup. Till you sign. This is true. <laughs> I said to Carla, once you're always in everything except for the FAI Cup. Uh, I think because I remember one of my vivid memories of football was being... Devastated after the Tell penalty shootout yeah. at the Sligo, and then not as devastated as the whack Derry as well. Uh, and I think it's just something that, like I said, if I come across like you know crying out, please sign me. But um, kind of, I've never seen us win the FA Cup in my lifetime. The only Rovers fan that we know the same his team win the cup. So and the points after after the game on Thursday. <laughs> the whack was at it again <laughs> he just he picks out anybody who's 30 or younger that's within the vicinity and he was like you've never seen us win an FAI Cup <laughs> you've never seen us win an FAI I want to see you win an FAI Cup Carol <laughs> it's he just odd that it could be i tell you what chance do chance because any team in that league and one one off that being said, I said it last year. The first that was dropped. The cup's mental. Yeah. I mean, last season. Think it was the last time someone else with the top three won the FA Cup. Those balls defeats last year don't hurt me anywhere near as much as that draw defeat hurt me. Really? That killed Whoa, me. Every balls game killed takes me. a bit of my soul. I don't know, it hurt a lot. Mm. But we went out with the cup in the first round yeah. to a first division club. Do you know who sensational that night? Another really annoying Kieran Kelly. Okay. Sent half plays for Pats now. Big centre half. He was brilliant. but was not a decorated player. He was my age. I do football at all. Yeah. He was unbelievable that day. He's brilliant now yeah. as well himself and Jamie Lennon. Two we were, smashing we were, players. We were really poor. Did, did we get late? Get there late or something? The team arrived late. I think so. Yeah. I think Sam 
Sam Bowen played in the middle of the park and I've been big enough for weeks. And Lee Grace, red card, isn't he? Yeah. Bottom, what's yeah. his name? Bottom, Sinclair Armstrong. Sinclair Armstrong, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. That was a mad one. Yeah, that was mad. And he hasn't played in the first team since. Today yeah. we saw Alua make his second Seconds, league appearance. Yeah. We saw Eric Abula's Abula was good. league Thought debut. Thought mm-hmm. he says he's shy, so... Couldn't get a game for the Ivy. Thought <laughs> no, he actually couldn't get a game for the Ivy, so it's <laughs> ironic that he said that. <laughs> So a uh, bit of news, Sean Boyd, uh, another loan spell for him. He's gone, he's gone on loan to uh, Longford Town for the rest of the season. And uh, apologies for slacking recently on the underage results. I didn't I didn't call out any last week. So under 19s have had two wins, three one away to Cork, six 0 home to Kerry, and an impressive four 0 win for them over Crystal Palace as well with a Thomas Alua hat trick. Nice, yeah. Uh, 17s had a couple of home games to be Cork 1 in Antalya and they drew 2 all with Kerry at Rose Zone yesterday. 15s 3 0 win away to Galway, but then yesterday they suffered, surprise, surprise, a 2 0 loss at Saint home Kevin's. to Bowes. Yeah, St. Kevin's. St. Kevin's slash Bowes. For comparison's sake, yeah. St. Sean Cook retweeting that saying Bradley out after the last 2 0 to Bowes. Didn't. And what did their teams be? The 13s, I'm just getting to that. Yeah. Uh, they beat Limerick 2 1 at home two weeks ago, and they lost 1 0 in Galway the week after that. And then today, they beat Kevin's. Yeah. They won away to Bowles. Kevin's. So we have Kevin's. So we have <laughs> Connor Kearns, the Rovers amputee team, and the Rovers under 13s, the only Rovers that can beat Bowles. Yeah, so yeah, it's about time the first team got the thing out and decided to, to roll in behind that. I still I can't, I couldn't can't understand it. that last game. In, in the, at the time when I see Prof and Cad has flinched in horror for anyone who can't see this, but I, uh, that last game. Okay, yeah. There's been no class about any of the three. Uh, like. I think like three or four games ago, we, we, you know, we were coming out on the ground, it was like, I absolutely hate derbies. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that we're never going to win another derby. So much so that I'm going to Electric Picnic the weekend that we are playing them again because I've just decided what's the point? Be happy days, you know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what happens is that I keep sending the same tweet for every Bowls game. Happy Friday to everyone except Bowls. Fuck Bowls. And it's becoming out. I think it's a jinx but I'm going to have to keep on doing it. <laughs> it seriously must be one of the last derbies. I mean, maybe I'm saying it's one of the last derbies I've always won. Was going to be right along with you. So Trevor Clark scored that one he put in the top corner. Cut in his left yeah, foot. Oh, May 2017. Yeah. It's crack over goal as well. Was Boyd's 2016? Boyd's was... Yeah. yeah we were, that was Brad's yeah, first league game. We were at... Longitude. Yeah, Gary Shaw. Uh, yeah, we were at um, Longitude. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And I celebrated wildly. And he was well no, delighted with Boyd. No, I was, you know, my ex-opponent Boyd was very pleased with him. It makes me well, laugh that you guys believe in these jinxes about, you know, what will make us funny be balls? Can you imagine the conversations going on amongst hundreds and hundreds of Rovers fans? Oh. Like, like, it's like, no, if you just don't go to the game, oh, 100%. We'll, yeah. we'll break the streak. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it's, actually, I just got a text there, Keno, Keno McMahon, our friend, he's, my friend, he's been um, travelling South America. He's been waiting for ages and he's coming back the week before the balls game. So, if he comes back and we win. He's not allowed to no, if we come, yeah, if we come back and he win, he has to stay here yeah. forever. He's not like go to South America ever. No, he has to stay. So if we win, it's all down to him. Uh, just to finish off, he's there. never seen Jack Brown by the way. That's, that's the only. <laughs> that's, that's, the, uh, that's the only reason he's coming home. He said that. 
So they finish off the 19s, they've got Pats at home in the end of McGill Cup on Wednesday night and their way to Cabin TD on Saturday. And then also the Saturday we've got three games. 17s of Cabin TD at Rosedale, 15s away to Kerry, 13s home to Kildare. So on to the UCD game now that took place uh, this afternoon. Connor, you weren't the only one suspended. We had a few as well. We had Greg Bolliger, Trevor Clark, and Sean Callan all unavailable. And Neil Frugia is still injured. So we beat uh, UCD 7-0. That equals a Tala record. We beat Bray 7-0 before. We beat Dundalk 7-0 in the league. Bray was 2013, Dundalk was 2012. And we scored 7 one other time. It was in the Satanta Cup final. We dropped 7 1. Yeah, okay. Did we lose to them the year before in the League Cup final? We yeah. beat them in the Lens Senior Cup and the League Cup that year, was it? Yeah, the was. year before, yeah. Brian Nall's first game. Because I remember um, Craig Gilbert's last game. I remember I think it was Eric Malloy or what's his name? Running around celebrating in front of us, thinking it was the business. It's <laughs> not like. It's mad amount of people that have celebrated in front of Rowers fans and yeah. have been a fracas, as I was put it. Yeah. We just got out except for Jack Keeney. Yeah. As for the starting eleven, uh, Dan Carr came back in. Aaron McAniff, his first start since he's he's recovered from injury, and Gary O'Neill made his first start for the club. So it was actually a strong team. Like it wasn't wasn't wholesale changes. Uh, no, it was, I was actually I kind of predicted it. I think there are people you do need to give a rest to the likes of Joey. Obviously, he's playing with that bit of a shell. I think. Come and start because he just because he looked. Tired towards the end of the brand game. Yeah, but trying to grind minutes into him. Yeah, probably. Um, good team get, well, definitely. it wasn't good team getting a score sheet, but for your perspective, it was. <laughs> um, for Finn, it was, I think he needed a rest. He worked so hard. I like the idea of playing. I, I think Jack Burns is the type of player where if you leave him out, he'd be grumpy. Yeah. So it was good to get him in and play him. Give him minutes. And practically won us the game. Yeah, <laughs> He's unbelievable again. And then I was taken off. I would have rested Cavill. I know, I know, I know, I know Clark was out. I would have taken him off at half time and left Boyle on. I think, in fairness to Bradley, he did what a lot of other teams wouldn't have done, which was show us the respect to go out. Because I think when other I, people yeah. might have gone and played a boo or, or like played a young player, but I think he wanted to make sure that Rob was on the game. And it shows yeah. an intent in the league in between the two European games. That Very true, yeah. Still there. Uh, so from Rob's perspective, it was a big, it was a strong team, and it was to have that drive and the focus in between the two European games, which was, I suppose, the underlying fear in a game like that where. They still, oh, they were unbelievable in the first half. And credit to them. So uh, someone actually rang me before the game. He was quite worried about this match. He was like, it was because of the European match. He was like, mm. that can take an awful lot out of players. And from my perspective, I thought if we didn't get an early goal in this game, it could have been one of those long, frustrating evens. But then when, the, when we got the early goal, it was like, well, yeah. the floodgates might open now. Mm. And that's so proved. But. Um, so Graham Cummins got off the mark. Carroll's first goal for the cup. Brilliant see. I love to see Santa Forest have to come in and score early. Um particularly some of them maybe is having a difficult enough period. I still have a, a good bit of faith in him. I don't know if he suits the way we play, to be perfectly honest. Um but yeah, always good to see Santa Forest getting the score sheet. It's just similar to our Greenley. Second goal uh, from a corner. McAniff got his head in it but from our view from the sales stand it looks like Dan Carr nicked it at, at the back post Dan Carr yeah. again goal scores sent the forwards four players new goals I'll give that to Dan Carr all day I thought you got it was it was a clear kind of thought we were straight down the line really? of the header yeah it was a clear good leap from McAniff I didn't know he had that in the rocket yeah. yeah and Carr made it 3-0 this is still very early in the game from another cross 
and 23 minutes into the game we're 4 nil up this is incredible I, can't, I know people are going to ask me but I can't remember last time we were 4 nil up after 23 minutes so Jack Byrne and Connor, this was a sublime goal wasn't it? I missed it Carol, this was a Jackson, sublime we goal, wasn't it? Down. I went into the yeah. tunnel and I was like, right, right now. I was like, yeah, like, what a goal! And I was walking back out and I heard, oh, 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 and I was like, oh no, that was probably no, Dan Fulham no. again. No. Yeah, <laughs> good. Oh. oh, what a goal! Uh, what a play! I, I said to, Jesus. I came back and I said to the lads, like, because the first thing I heard was he beat a lot of players and scored, and I said, is there anything they could have done? I said, giving away a penalty. Yeah, and like, or, or a free kick or whatever. It's they difficult said, for a player like that once he got in the box. You, you can't you, like if you commit yourself and giving away a penalty because he will do you happened it's a lot sensational it was a, like it went in the near post past five it, players. it was a bit soft went going in the near post but the build up to it was class like he's just he's one of the if not the best talent I've ever seen in the league I saw a thing on Twitter saying between him and Richie Tell he's a far better nice, footballer than Tell it's not, not even no close contest. Yeah. I think um, the thing with players like Byrne and I found it playing against them since I said with the near post, um, he has this ability. He doesn't finish the ball like a normal player. Like you'd see a lot of players would just maybe let the ball over, do the usual open the body. He had one against us where it was like Ronaldinho's. We just stopped and hit the ball with the outside of his foot. He can disguise his finishes so well. Like the one in Europe as well was another where it was actually a rather unusual finish. He kind of half dinked, drove it right to the side. Yeah, and he has that intelligence to just. You don't know how he's going to finish the ball. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see it, but like I mean, he's he's deadly inside the box. Anytime mm-hmm. he got inside the box, I was thinking if he shoots it, he could cut put his yeah. hand. Same thing happened to me for the McAniff goal number five. I went to the Jacks for one minute and I missed it. Well, yeah. Happens. I think, to the, I think half the ground missed it. We were happens to the three. best of us. Like it was I got, no. Oh, it was funniest <laughs> funniest part of the whole evening was um, Jamie uh, Hayden. We're five nil up, and he comes up to us in the sales stand and Deco's just laughing his ass off and he's like he hasn't seen a goal yet <laughs> and I'm like how, how can you not see a goal we were 5-0 up because he got in late we got all the f- first four goals in the first 23 minutes and then he was in the sweep for the fifth goal 5-0 <laughs> <Wow. laughs> that's, that's a rare one that's a stat now that's a rare one the last person in that many goals oh amazing so we mentioned earlier the crowd didn't we it was it was quite poor it was obviously the weather Wind, rain, Sunday afternoon, but it was it was a really poor crowd. I just think from a player's perspective, after achieving that result, after playing that well in the last couple of weeks, to go out and to face a crowd like that must be demoralising. I don't know, like obviously kinda of you might know from a player's perspective but they they deserved a bigger crowd than they got tonight and they deserved a, a good atmosphere. Um which yeah. I'd implore people to go to the game. I like once you, how can you go to that game on Thursday and then not want to go to a game straight after I don't I, I, I will never understand it a few of my mates from home have only started going to games this season and like they said I can't believe we're only doing it now and there's never a late arriver you'd never get looked like Robert's not really looked down the nose at like late arrivals who go to games consistently mm. because it's welcomed um, you'd hope from Robert's perspective that the seven goals today the win in Europe, the European game coming up Thursday, that it could have a knock-on effect into the league. Then, if they're still putting in performances like that, but it's that. the nature of league of Ireland football. Like, you just, you don't, mm. You're not getting that. Like it's funny walking around today. I, I like, obviously know everybody there. It's the same hardcore you would have seen back in Talca, the same what we were seeing in Richmond. It's the same faces, same, and yeah. everything else is just kind of fluff around. If you like, 
you just sparked a memory actually. Uh, when we won in Belgrade, our first game immediately after that was at home to UCD in the FBI Cup. And I remember it was a shocking crowd. Mm. I remember people being angry about it for the same reason. Like yeah. we just got the best result in our history. Mm. And then like 800, 900 people turned up. It's absolutely bizarre. Well, it's something I'll, 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 never, I'll never understand, but I can't see it changing. I hope the community outreach that's happening at Rovers at the moment. There's so much positivity around the club and the way they're reaching into the to the Tala community, and even as you said, having the the CP team and then having the all the underage teams it should be a mandatory. Do you know thing we, do? Well, we need we need a trophy. We need a need league or a league cup. Or even, it's even shown that the European run isn't necessarily going to get. Yeah, they'll, they'll get there for European games, but. What annoyed me was when we got into Europe and I remember my mate playing Temple Oak United was going to the game against Spurs to support Tottenham and I was going, like, yeah. how is this the first time you're going to go watch a League of Ireland team? Yeah, those, those games really annoyed me yeah. as well. You're looking at the, the, the extra standards for them behind the goal. It's like we celebrating the Real Madrid yeah. game. People yeah. going out to watch Cristiano Ronaldo's first game. Unbelievable. <laughs> Shut up. Shout out to Pat Flynn. Yeah, what a bloke. Yeah. I've actually seen you have a go at the Barstool culture on Twitter before, Connor. It's something yeah. that kind of... Grinds your gears, let's say. Oh, it's just, you know what? I remember, I think, one of my tweets before I knew back then, this was, I remember being out with all my mates and we were watching, there was Anthony Joshua fighting and everyone celebrated Joshua winning his title belt to stop with his culture and then afterwards they all said, start playing raw tunes. I was going, it's like, I mean, and it's the same thing in football, it's like, they will, you know, beat that we oh, what Ireland, what a place for football. Look, J- James McLean, he hates the fucking Queen, and yeah. then like, well, who was, what was my, just, I saw one, I'm trying to remember what it was now. It was a brilliant tweet, it'll come back to me. It's um, just a lot, like, it, it, it was the Dublin Derby faction, it was like, uh, it was what army did you support in the 1916 Rising? It's like Daddy Irish, no, 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 what English army did you support? Football. You go watch. I used to remember. What a, a nation of bandwagoners. Band I spent last season going to LSL games and women's national league games because I yeah. couldn't replace the Friday nights. It's something new and Gar always say that you, you go out and used to watch Glenmore out the back here. Yeah, it's, it's the same. Like I don't, you can't replicate can't that that thing watching live football. Can't For all its faults, uh, like as I say, greatest league in the world it, because it, it is our league. Yeah. I don't understand how people don't get on board. Genuinely, don't. I've, I've, especially I've, when you get to see the shit house and the goes on between I've enjoyed yeah. wins in the league just standard wins at home in Tallinn more than my mates enjoyed watching Liverpool win the Champions League last year yeah. 100%, oh, 100%. Oh. because I'd say the atmosphere in your living room was unbelievable that day that yeah. I was watching oh, it, I understand that a piss and rain in the apple because then you look back the only times I've ever seen those type of things are always is like when there's a big screen in the margin and even then it's it's different because yeah. you're not going to Israel you're with people you see every yeah, week absolutely. there's way more passion it's a community, thing. It's a community <laughs> thing yeah. Um, and it'll, you'll never replace it your four trips to, Ma- to England or to Manchester or to Liverpool are yeah. never going to replace a season like yeah. that for all the lows that come with it it just makes the highs all the time yeah. all the better can't replace it case in point that win on Thursday like all the lows we've had to deal with yeah. for the last few years it was waiting for that. Yeah. It was waiting for that high, and we got it. It's, it's gas. We, we we put ourselves through misery just for for something like that, and absolutely worth it. Way more, the ones way they, more stories yeah. to tell when the time comes around. Absolutely, they, and you, you, and that's why you cherish things like that when they do happen. 
um, it's important that you do it annoys me more like my mates talking about like has been saying oh it was brilliant because he's a Rovers fan all his life and you know oh he's mm. you know he's always wanted that and I was saying you have never had that so don't sit there and talk about like oh admiring me because I, I loved that so much never made the attempt to put yourself in that position to have that passion for a club um, and I've made two who used to bring the games who said they'd fall out with mm. they still talk about the games they went to yeah. why did you go on anymore yeah. the best player to play in the league in I don't know how long it's the best player I've ever seen playing the league mm. is playing on your doorstep for 15 quid and mm. you can't go out and watch it yeah. it's, it's like that's I know it's, it's an unbelievable mm. crowd that's that's the same should go back mm. like all the way around if we're being honest and I know we don't have the culture the ball should have been packed every game last season because the football the football the, yeah. we played and the fact that there isn't even enough, there's enough effort to do there's to not grow, I think to, to get fans in because it's a, it's a big catchment area I know all the coaches head home for the weekend but like yeah, there are enough people that could go to the games there's 15s 17s 19s being made go under 13 so that should be a mandatory thing for me if it's a Friday night and you aren't mm. playing we did it for the end of last season where you train on the Friday and all the youth teams would come in and watch us play yeah. and all the ball boys would come from local clubs they'd have to come yeah. in and watch us play and clubs club, club, club could be could be on an awful lot more an awful lot more yeah. but I think culturally I think we're, we're different as well mm. so we go back to the game second half um, we had some subs <laughs> no I quite enjoyed that to be honest <laughs> so I really enjoyed that but uh, as I mentioned, uh, Erica Bulu making his league debut. Uh, Thomas Lua came on as well. Um, we got a goal right at the start of the second half. Uh, Macanufka. Do you know what? I'd love to have seen it. Oh, yeah, this is the one no one saw. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Everyone came back at half time. Uh, the 899 bar was closed. The Glimmelora suite was open, so you can get a tea or, or a drink there. And I was the only one there up in the perch. But then I needed to go to Jack's. And then I came back, and then Audius came back, and he was asking me what was the goal like. I was like, I missed it as well. No one saw. Connor. <laughs> Treaded true ball straight to the middle of the park into Greener, who just burned that offence, and it was a 3v1 against uh, Gav, our keeper. And uh, in fairness to Green, was probably hungry for a goal, rolled it across to McInef. McInef took it away. Um, probably came back to him scoring. Probably deserved it for his effort to play when he came on. He didn't work really good. He, did. he, he worked on. really hard. Um, I have a lot of time for him as a as a fellow professional in the league, but as a as a player, uh, does work so hard. Um, and it was a testament to him to come on and not be moping that he's come on at half time mm. against UCD or whatever. After coming to play next amount of minutes, he got on, got on with it, and got. I think two goals when he came on. Two and an assist in his time when he came on off the bench. So I mean, a lot of lot of credit to him. Um, Effort-wise, you, you can't fault him. <coughs> Effort-wise, and I think his link-up play and his running the channels and his, his work rate and everything has been sensational. I just wish he'd get more goals. For, for our sake, but also about his his confidence. Like, hopefully today... Remember I said he, he, missed, he missed one against us. I think I saved the one-on-one from when the ball broke. And someone said, Green, you've got me scoring that. And he's like, all right, boys, I didn't mean to miss, right? I'll, I'll try the next one. And I was like, oh, God, I should have jumped the wrong way for that, Aaron. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But uh, I'd say he was even looking at Gary's goal in Europe, taking a little nick and going, oh why can I get that bit of luck? So yeah, hold a little. Well, going forward now for him, that was Ma- McAniff's first goal since his brace in Cork. Yeah, and he has been our joint top scorer with Jesus. Green since then. I think Jack. Whoa. I think Jack's overtaken him now, isn't he? Because wow. he 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 scored in Europe, but until like last week, 
They had been joint top scorers for about three months. Jeez, well, there you go. We had a com- not you know, me. Who did I have a comment? Booker. Me and Booker were talking earlier on, and uh, we're saying we're a goal scorer away. I like it's uh, even one of our players in the, uh, the club magically turned into a goal scorer because the way we play, the way we defend, the way we create chances, everything is there in place for us to. I also said a right back, but look, it's a personal personal opinion. But like, obviously, we defend pretty well. But Ethan Boyle and, and hasn't been. <clears throat> massively found out on a number of occasions. No, in fairness, Ethan Boyle. You mean Cafu? <laughs> <laughs> the, the only, he the only thing is, uh, we can't ever play him against um, Michael Duffy. Never. No, God, Duffy's it's just like he's not an excellent player. In fairness, though. Yeah, but it's just like watching like a rerun. Now, I, he's probably benefited in a couple of games with well, Joey O'Brien was yeah, excellent. Joey yeah. behind mm-hmm. them as probably he's probably he benefits. Like you forget how young Ethan Boyle is. He's only a year older than me. Is he, yeah? Yeah, he's 22. He's fridge. About 22, yeah. Yeah, he's like, so he's a, he's a young player and he's not like he's a... So you're talking about... He's still a, he's still a rookie in the context of the league, I suppose. It's, what was this his first... Where did he come from? Where did he come from? Uh, Wexford. Wexford. And then he went to Harps. Yeah. Trying, trying, he, he, he trained with us. Um, Nutsies for first year. He briefly trained us yeah. in a Nutsie in a pre-season, yeah. That's right. So look at his steady. We're digressing so much, by the way. Profit is dying to get sleep yeah. when we're talking and talking. Sorry, Sorry. You're the one that told me you had to be up early in the morning. I'm actually <laughs> fine. I have nowhere to be, so I'm fine. <laughs> me, and, me and Connor actually are continuing this in a <laughs> yeah, extra podcast later. You're, you'll be in bed. So much worth it. Yeah. So uh, Aaron Green came out the bench, got two. The first one was a header, and then the second one he finished it well in the corner. <laughs> And uh, pretty good for the goal difference, isn't it? I mean, seven goals. Yeah. We were miles behind on Doc at we one point. Miles ahead. So cheers for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that uh, a journal came up to me actually, uh, Paul Budner, and he was like, "This is related to you guys, and your goal difference." He was like, "I can't believe the FEI didn't update their website with the UCD goals." As in, like, it was one nil. Now it's three nil, and it wasn't updated. And uh, because that's obviously going to be a really important oh, swing yeah, yeah. in the relegation battle. Is it, what, I don't it think now? it will be. I don't think it's going to come down to goal difference. I went to the draft from afterwards and I said it's it's obviously devastating to lose 7-0. But first of all, in the first half, you've got to, to a degree, write it off because Jack Byrne was phenomenal. And there's only, he can be, he dismantled Brown in the last 20 minutes. And that's a full professional club that was supposedly levels ahead of Rovers. So you've got to give the benefit of doubt to young lads in their rookie season playing against a player like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to the league goal difference thing I said 7 and a 1-0 it's not going to make a difference at the end of the season because this is going to be totaled on points and how many <coughs> points we can rack up because firmly believe that we will we are capable of picking up points despite a hiccup today and if we aren't capable of picking up points how are they capable of picking up points and it, it, I can't wait to come back know, to so this episode after the last game of the season when we'll they stayed up and gone down and I just don't think it will um, but that know. was a massive swing today I mean, big swing yeah. was, you was were five or six ahead of Harps four ahead and now we're three behind yeah yeah. Mm. So as a team Harps don't score huge oh no probably you don't score you don't score goals either no it's uh, I think it's going to go into the head to heads between us Harps and, and Waterford now Waterford have been sucked in yeah, yeah. Waterford I watched Waterford tonight against Harps they look dreadful They've been poor all season. Really, really poor. I mean, yeah. take and out Power, Drynan. Power, power's no interest anymore. Drynan's gone now. I mean, yeah. where did the goals come from? Michael O'Connor. So, will that result hurt you guys today, you think? Or are you just going to write it off as maybe a one-off? Well, look, any defeat's going to hurt. 
you know, especially with seven. But I think the three clean sheets were great performances. But I'd ask anyone in the league and they'd say it's miraculous that we picked up seven points from, from nine of those three games with three clean sheets. Uh, there's no, I don't think, I wouldn't, couldn't come out here and slate any of the lads who played today. Um, wasn't the best performance player by player on the ball as we'd like to see and there's probably a degree of naivety but if ever a team is going to be naive you've, you've got Harry's only playing his, his fourth fourth start for us Harry McAvoy in the middle you've got yeah, since 17 Evan Farrell's in his first season Dan Tobin's been a right back up until now so there was a degree of naivety Gav Sheridan making his Premier Division debut um, and I couldn't really fault him I thought he thought he actually held his own in terms of being thrown into that environment not an easy game Sean McGraw was away to be honest is the nightmare game to start off with the way they are so it's disappointing but I mean if you're going to mope about that they might as well get you relegated now because you can't you have to make allowances for a team like that games like that are going to find your season no that's not this is we said beforehand this is, this is a, a part right off for us it's a free crack no we were 22 to 1 to win before that game really hmm. yeah probably would have backed probably probably showed why today but uh, <laughs> But like you can't, you have to make allowances for a game like that. It's going to be the Harps, Waterford's, Sligo at home in the last one. The clubs like that are going to define their season, not the Dundalks or the Rovers. Small clubs like Pats. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Beating three and the balls today. Yeah. Sounds like they kind of uh, laid down. Yeah. It's pretty sums Pats up this year, doesn't it, really? They've been... Yeah, for eleven poor. Like yeah, they have decent, decent bodies there. Like. It's the first time I can't remember the last time in the uh, recent years. Pats have just seemingly rolled off with the Rovers more recently than. Used to the stage we couldn't beat, couldn't beat them for ages. Every week I just expect them to pop up with a result, mm. but they just keep losing. Yeah, you wonder why? Because they've got players of caliber. They have players like they, everything's played in front of you. They don't yeah. stretch teams. They don't have anyone that will run in behind and make that space for players like. Clifford and McCabe and all yeah. like can't play like for, and Forrester oof, what's the story with him he's been appalled since he came back I know he's had personal issues but like I said he looks like he should be playing for Bally Brack over 25 like he just doesn't look would he get a game for the Ivy if Pat Tuttle I couldn't you know, like, <laughs> I doubt it maybe the second team <laughs> on a side note Carol um, Dan Fulham was quite lively at this game wasn't he he was lively for a good 75 minutes until he died of death. Yeah. Had to get subbed. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, sitting down, head in hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever seen Dan Fulham sit down before. No. He, but he, apparently he had a really good night. Mm. We're forky. As he told us listen, many times. He woke up on the floor. Listening to jungle music. Yeah. yeah. At, at all hours. He had his fun. He did. Yeah. Fairness. Yeah. At 4-0 at one point he asked me, is it not 1-0? He also turned to me and said in the second half that Jack Bourne wasn't in the game at all. <laughs> He'd been taken off 15 minutes earlier. Connor has his head in his hands here. So next up, I'm going to play an interview I did with uh, John Leonadu. And he'll give us the scoop on Thursday's opponents, Apollon Limassol. Uh, so to start with, could you give us some background on Apollon and their history? Yeah, um, Apollon are one of the biggest uh, clubs in Cyprus. Um, they... Um, they're certainly the biggest club in their, from their town in Limassol. Uh, they've got a history, I think, dating back to the 50s. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, 54, 1954. Um, they've got a lot of experience in Europe. They've done very well in Europe. 
Um, most recently, they've been living in the, um, the shadows of Apoel. Apoel are the biggest club in Cyprus. They're the ones winning the um, uh, the league titles. Um, I think Apoel don't have as um, don't have as, much, as many um, uh, trophies as Apoel. Certainly not in terms of league titles. Uh, but they're, they're certainly one of the biggest uh, clubs on the island with um, some very good, uh, very good players. Very, very experienced team as well. Even though it's a, a Cypriot club and. Even for a, as, a, as a European team, they're very, very experienced, and um, a lot was a, a lot's going to be expected of them uh, of them again this season as well. As you say, Apoel have been very dominant. So uh, Apollon haven't won the league since two thousand six. So do, they, do their fans want to push Apoel a bit closer now this year? That's always the case with them, but um, I think it's just a case of depth and squad. Uh, Apollon and uh, always managed to sort of go toe to toe with Apoel. Uh, and then towards the last stages of the season, they seem to keep sort of running out of steam. Uh, I think it's just basically because of lack of depth in their squad. They've certainly got a, a very, very strong starting eleven. Um, but then when, it, when as soon as injuries start picking up and fatigue kicks in, um, then that's usually when they start sort of tailing off a bit. Uh, the Cypriot First Division doesn't start up until August, but uh, certainly no signs of rustiness last week in their 6-0 aggregate win over the Lithuanians. Yeah, that wasn't really a big surprise. Um, even, even though that Apollon are not 100% ready, uh, they still have the um, the spine of the team still there. Obviously, uh, they haven't had you know they don't get as much rest as say other teams because preseason usually starts very early for the for the Cypriot teams in Europe. As you say, they're starting in August. But yeah, that was that was a pretty comfortable win. I won't be expecting the same um, you know kind of um, they, they won't they won't rather they won't be expecting the same kind of easy ride against Shamrock. That's for sure. And for such a small country, uh, Cypriot clubs have made big strides in European football in recent years. It's no longer uncommon to see one of them in the group stages each year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've got um, um, they've been some, there's been some investment. Uh, there's been some good work done at the clubs. They've brought in some good players, some good coaches. Uh, the academies are a lot better than what they used to be. Um, I think definitely the the influx of of uh, quality uh, foreign players has definitely helped the league. Uh, it's, it's 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 raised the ante a lot as well. You can see that just from the performances in Europe. I mean, they 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 can go toe to toe with almost any team, uh, and you know, and really give them a good run for their money. They've proven this time and time again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not the whipping boys, uh, 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 you know, that they used to be. Um, it's not exactly the same when it comes to the national team. When it comes to clubs, they're they're, they're a much higher level than their own national team. I think that kind of says it all, really. You mentioned the the overseas players. Cyprus has more than any other league in Europe. So, are players attracted to uh, the lifestyle and having a decent chance of success in Europe over there as well? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a great option uh, for for many 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 players, particularly those in Spain, Portugal, South America. Um, it, it's the climate's great for them. It's a good way of life. It's a very very um, safe place to live. Uh, even though it's very close to you know to Syria and you know, and so forth, it's, it's it's a very safe place, um, easy lifestyle, and um, and also they can they can adjust very easy to the level. I mean, Cypriot, I mean the Cypriot clubs usually go for second choice um, La Liga players, second choice French players, um, you know, first choice second division players from Spain. That's usually the level that they get, and some of these players might actually be really good, but not quite good enough for the, for the top league in their own country but they're still at a very very good level and that's why you see a lot of their players a lot of the players coming here and elevating uh, the level of Cypriot clubs and they're able to compete in Europe 
And the top two goal scorers last year were two Argentinians with 11 and 10 each. That was uh, Pereira and Zelaya. He scored the hat-trick last week. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Zelaya's a very, very good player. Pereira's um, equally good as well. He's, he's carrying a knock right now. Even though he is playing, he's, he's carrying a slight injury. Yeah, Zelaya, like you say, is um, you know he's, he's a typical, typical sort of example of that. You know, an Argentinian player who's come to Cyprus. You know, it's a great place to live. I mean, these guys are all married with kids as well, so they you know the families are really enjoying life here. There's other South Americans, there's other Spanish Iberian players in Cyprus, so they can all meet up and they're not you know they don't feel very lonely and sort of cast away here. So it's a good life for them. And you know, and you know, as you probably know, when you know when a footballer and you know, his family are happy, then they perform better as well. So what other dangerous players would you say Shaman Garbers should look out for? Um, well, I pull on bank a lot on experience. I mean, the, the thing is that their, their, um, their strength for me, there's, is it, there isn't really a player that you can sort of pick out and say, well, you know, they'll have to definitely watch him or definitely watch that. There's about three or four players in that team which are very, very experienced and, and have been here and been there before and done that and played at a good level. Papoulis is certainly one of them, even though he's getting on in years. He's still a very important player. Ketty as well, uh, he's a midfielder. Zelaya, as you said, mentioned before, you know he's, he's on he's on good form right now. You know th- these are all players that can that really are the difference for Poland because they do carry that experience. Uh, looking at some of the younger players, uh, obviously um, uh, coming in now, Pitas, uh, he's he's a player for me that could maybe cause problems that might go a bit under the radar. He was. Um, uh, he was on loan last season at another at another team, and he did very very well. He's also a separate international. He scored a few goals in the preseason friendlies as well. He's looking quite you know quite hungry. The other right wing back, Jao uh, Pedro, is another very dangerous player. He's a good defender. He runs very well up the wings. Then you know, make provides some great deliveries in the box. Another another player that's just come in is Yanyota. He was a uh, played at Apoel a few seasons ago. A Greek a Greek international. Um, you know, he, he helped up well a lot. He had a great run in the Europa League where they managed to get to the last 16. They knocked out Bilbao. They knocked out Olympiacos. So it was, um, you know, they, they had a very good run. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a right winger. He, can, he also scores goals and is a very, very um, busy player as well. He's the kind of player that defenders hate to sort of mark because he, he just gets the ball and just charges at them. So, so yeah, they've definitely got some, some players in there. But I wouldn't say there's one player they should sort of uh, look out for. I think it's about three or four players they should you know they need to sort of be more wary of so to speak their manager is a former uh Cypriot goalkeeper he's been there for years what's what's their style of play like under him um well they usually they, they like to play sort of a flat 4-4-2 sometimes they, they switch to a um 4-3-3 i think 4 3 is probably his preferred um his preferred option um, even because basically he's got, he loves his wing backs obviously joining in the attack and he, he does like you know two sturdy centre backs he's always sort of gone that way um, three man attack usually Sardinero Papoulis um, uh, and Zelaya sometimes he switches it he brings Pereira in he, he does shuffle the, he does like to shuffle the pack a lot Four three three is what I'd be expecting in this game I'd, I'd be very surprised if he goes out with say three at the back or something I don't think that will happen um, and then just yeah just Literally a flat back for uh, fast wingers, uh, dominating uh, and and real sort of dominant in midfield with the wingers switching sides um, a lot as well. You mentioned some of those big results they've had in Europe, and last year they beat Lazio and Marseille, which is uh, incredible wins. Yeah, they beat. Uh, they had a very good win there. They beat Lazio as well, which was another very big win. 
Um, they, but they, they, they have, I mean, like I said, it's experience. I mean, for them, it's not really, um, obviously, they, they enjoy those results, but they, they're also a very, very experienced team. Uh, I mean, they've been in the group stages, I think, about three or four times. Um, you know, they've beaten, I mean, they beat Locomotive Moscow 4-1 uh, away a few seasons ago. So they, they do know how to grind out results. Again, it's just, it's just good, good players. I mean, they know how to bring in good players. They've tapped very well into the, into the Spanish market as well. So they're getting, for example, you know, what, what in Spain they would describe as fringe players are probably still very good quality players. They managed to lure them to Cyprus and, you know, that elevates the level of the team. Is a successful European run always the biggest goal for Cypriot clubs because of the financial rewards and offer? There's millions of euros up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, I mean, they'll probably never admit it, but it's number one priority for them. Uh, even, I would think, even more than uh, winning domestic trophies because um, the financial rewards are massive for the Cypriot teams, and especially now when there's um, <laughs> when they're not getting the the crowd numbers that they, that they would like. Um, it's imperative that they have obviously the financial means to be able to go out and get better players and the only way they can do that really is is, is to qualify for the group stages of a UEFA competition uh, AEK Larnaca beat Irish clubs Dundalk and Cork in the last couple of years so would Shamrock Rovers be seen as a stepping stone would, they, would the fans fully expect to get through these qualifiers I think so yeah I mean the, they will be expect- I mean any I think any other result than a than and a qualification will be seen as a as a as a big failure for them, um, but at the same time, I mean, it's not going to be a walkover. It, it never is, and it never is when Cypriot and Irish teams meet. It's never a walkover for, for any team. It's going to be a very very tough game. Personally, I think Apollon have a have very have a, have an advantage. Will be the favourites, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an easy game. I certainly wouldn't be that surprised if they were knocked out. Apollon um, uh, are not one hundred percent ready. Uh, Shamrock Rovers obviously just coming back from a really a really big result for them. They'll be, you know, they'll be feeling very good right now. They'll be feeling very confident. Apollon will be wary of that. They're not, they're not under any illusions that they're going to be up, going up against an easy team um, by any means. But they, but they will be expecting to go through if they want to qualify for the um, for the group stages of the Europa League. I mean, these Shamrock Rovers and Brand are the teams that they need to knock out on the way to doing so. There can be uh, very high temperatures for these European games in, in Cyprus. Uh, 35 degrees last year when Dundalk played in uh, Larnaca. And Cypriot clubs do seem to take advantage. They've got a very strong home record. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, when, when it's a team usually leaving the, you know, um, you know England and Wales and, and Ireland and Scandinavia, when they usually have the Cyprus, the, the, the weather is obviously a very big factor for them. I think the water breaks definitely help. There's going to be water breaks... Um, in between the halves, and you know, I think also they'll they would have. I'm, I'm sure Shamrock Rovers would have the experience there to know that you know what they need to do to cool the players down and, and so forth. The kickoff time as well will mean that it won't it won't be at peak. Um, it won't, there won't be peak temperatures. There won't be at least the sun blazing down on the players. Um, so that level will help. But yes, yeah, certainly the separate teams do get an advantage from the from the. Um, uh, from from the hot weather, particularly when they're playing in July, August. Apollon Stadium doesn't meet the UEFA. They're, they're building a new stadium, Apollon. The current one they have now doesn't, doesn't meet the UEFA criteria. They'll be playing in Nicosia, so they'll be, they'll be landing in Larnaca and then making a half an hour trip um, uh, by coach or taxi to the capital. Uh, the stadium is a very, very good stadium. It's, um, it's 20, about 23,000 capacity. It'll, it's a very new stadium as well. Um, there's no shops or anything around. It's literally situated on, on a motorway. The terraces are, are quite close to the pitch. There's a moat going around the pitch as well, so it's difficult for fans obviously to, to run onto the pitch. Um, 
But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very good stadium. I mean, obviously it would have been a lot easier if had it been in, um, in Larnaca, the game, or, or you know, if Apollon would have played the game, if I'd played the game in Larnaca instead of Nicosia, it would have probably been easier because literally just getting off the plane and then making like a 15-minute trip by taxi straight to the stadium. So that would have been better. And also there's no beaches in Nicosia as well, so that will probably put people off. But like I said, it's um, it's not very difficult to commute. They can certainly find their way there. And, you know, for the... For however long they're going to be there, the, the Irish fans you know, they're bound to have a great time as well. It's going to be, you know, Cyprus is a great place to visit in um, in July, August. There was a crowd of a little over 1,400 there last Thursday. What's that like in comparison to a typical league attendance for Apollon? Well, the, like I said, the um, the fan, the um, the number of spectators has dwindled a lot in the last few years. There's been a standoff between the Cyprus FA and the and the um, and the supporter club, yes. the um, the um, the groups of the um, of the clubs that are made up of the supporters, uh, the Cyprus FA want to implement a um, um, a fan ID card, which will basically mean that fans entering the stadium will need to present ID cards. The fans are against us and they're boycotting games, and this has led to a number of, uh, a big drop in the number of um, spectators attending games as well. So um, yeah, I mean the, the crowd usually up on. On a, a big derby match, could get about five or six thousand fans. Um, last season, they were getting around two thousand, one thousand five hundred. So numbers dropped a lot. I'm expecting roughly the same again for for this game. Uh, so, does would you be any more or less confident after my interview with Cyprus man? Less, definitely less. <laughs> I actually didn't realise the the pool they were fishing in terms of where they, have, where they were taking our players from second yeah. league and second. Um, it Spain, made sense Spain, and, and when, when they're saying climate wise and standard of living, like you can see people moving there. I know Super Football has improved a lot, um, but where they're taking that player, they're, oh, it's just names with two Argentinians at the forwards taking lads from um, Segunda and, and yeah, it's and. Uh, Looking at the results over the last few years in European competitions, they have yeah. been like you noted was at Marseille and Lazio. Marseille, Marseille, and uh, <laughs> yeah. hammering me over Lazio. my prediction on my pronunciations. Yeah, but they've definitely been steadily improving and becoming a stable in European competition. Really, aren't they? The only thing is, someone said I think they've quite a big change in the squad this year. There's six or seven players changed around. It'd be nice to get them. If you think that the core of the group, they were saying they still have them, but if we're in the game, going to the second leg, this all staying the game, stay in the game for the first leg, which is bizarre. And I still think, and I've said this numerous times, if you get a player like Jack Brown who can turn up with the level of performance he did against Brown, there's an away goal line him right there, Mm. at least one leg. You'd like to think we have a plan to, to to nick something. I'd be Same shocked. Again. I'd just be shocked to see that team roll over and, and die, to, just because they're playing. Like the characters as well, yeah. don't we? We've like this year with Joey O'Brien, who's a serious character. Bulls just coming to his own. We have players there that will are capable of keeping us in a tie. Alan Manis. So, just stay in the game to the second leg, and we have a chance. It's crazy how much Serbia football has come on, isn't it? We right. played them twice. We played. Uh, I think it was a pole in nineteen seventy eight. Beat them. 3 nil over two legs. We lost to Ammonia in 1987. Yeah, I know. But uh, that was the, during the Talca boycott. So yeah. maybe you could put it down to that, that defeat. We lost. What was it? Lost 1 nil and drew 0 nil. Lerniga hammered the knock 4 nil. That was uh, last year, was it? The Dan Cleary show. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Devastated. Doubt me now. 
And yeah. it was useless. Uh, I had a couple of stats I'll just give you from the, the European games, and that's it's the third time or the third, the fourth time we came from behind to win a European game, and the others were Belgrade, 2011, Audra, 2003. That was your first game, the first one, and a mad result. We beat Schalke 2-1 once in 1969, yeah, and then we lost three now in the second leg. And uh, one thing was actually Ray Wilson, the points after he was like, he kept bringing this up. Was like, we came from behind three times in that tie. Mm. Has anyone ever done this yeah. before? Yeah, I was curious myself, so I checked, and it's only ever happened one other time before, and that was Drogheda against Dynamo Kiev yeah. in 2008 Champions League, but they ended up losing on aggregate. Um, if but. If a certain Shane Robinson yeah. hadn't oh, hit the woodwork right at the end. And they missed another sitter as well from a, an open goal. I can't remember who it was. Opposite piece. Mm. I remember listening to Ollie Cahill talking about it. I can't remember who it was. And he said, you can still see the ball rolling across the line from a shot. It's like time stood still, they said. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that, that was so it's an exception. It's an exceptional achievement to have that. And again, it shows the character that we're going to need mm. going into the, the Apollon game. Um, of being able to come back things because pretty in previous previous teams would have, would have crumbled under that but yeah Rob jeez I remember that that, that Rodney team was a great side as well yeah. adding a set piece goal against us today would have helped I think in terms of getting the two away from home get one against us because you need to be a threat in these competitions if you're playing against a side oh, yeah. that's that's going to be realistically the favourites technically, you know, probably, te- superior, technically yeah. probably slightly superior so, so, so having heat that as well or something I never accounted for yeah, yeah. Jesus it was an article I was reading, I got that from, about Cypriot football. And I can't remember the exact figure, but of all the Cypriot clubs in European competitions in 2017, 2018, they lost one home game. And they yeah. won virtually every other one, maybe the odd draw. A few lads went accustomed to that heat, like Greg Bulger, Trevor Clarks, a few sunbeds going on there, so <laughs> mm. should be getting boring to anything, should be alright. Some of them already looks like a uh, Lumpus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Trevor's having and so yeah only us and Drada have ever equalised three different times in the European tie that's, that's the first time we ever conceded three goals in a European tie and went through Jesus yeah it was a, a special old occasion mm-hmm. and, and in general by the way games where you came from behind the two times we did it this season Gary missed it yeah yeah, it was away to Waterford on opening day, yeah. and it was last Thursday. Did he miss that one? That was yeah, great. I think it was, it was, how seldom do we do it though, since the start of 2017. Yeah. He used to hammer it home last season as well. Yeah, we've come from behind a lot in the podcast. three times since the start of 2017 mm. to win a match, and that's away to Galway. Kind of away to Waterford yeah. this season, and, and a home to Brand this it's season. It's a fairly pathetic record, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. But hopefully this it's a turning point. Twice this year, and it's but we've been through spells of games where you go, you go one nil down. Oh, geez, this isn't happening. And you kind of you feel it. Like I, I never had any faith. I know obviously balls, but when we went one nil down against balls, I ripped us off. I knew it went obviously. It's the nature of two pounds as well, wasn't it? That was even yeah. an, an added blow to that it. That's bizarre. Yeah. I remember, when, it was even worse under Nutty though. I remember when we went the goal down under Nutty. It was like. 
this game will now finish two all to the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> we just would never score, even the club on back. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm going to get your guys starting 11s and predictions for Thursday's game. <laughs> I think we're going to go with a similar shape to the one we played against Brad. Probably, I, we don't know what Donald is alike, so it's probably wise. That being said, I wouldn't have played against Brad. Um, so, Manus, Boyle, Joey O'Brien, Pico, Grace, Cavill, Greg Bulger, Greg Bulger, Ronan Finn, Aaron McInef, Jack Byrne. Feel like I'm missing someone. Aaron Green. Say them both. Aaron Green. Hmm? Take yeah, Aaron Green. Yeah. I would play Green. Because I, I think he's just... He stretches teams. He works hard. He holds the ball. He, he gives us more, I think, than Gomez does. I mean, I just... I curl most of the team. I'm surprised if that's the shape he's going with. That he never once referred to it today. In the game. So he didn't. He stayed the four for the whole game, didn't he? But then again... And came on. You'd think even just for the sake why of when you, it was five. Why would you bring on, like we were playing with personnel that I can be playing? So Cavill went right back in the second half. Yeah. And I think we are going to get a respectable one-all draw. Mm. What about you, Connor? I'm going to go with um, same team. I think, the, I think the only player that's really up for grabs is the centre-forward position. Because I, well, I don't know how he's going to go with that. Because coming starting today could mean any number of things get minutes into the body or that green is just getting the legs open in the second half to prepare him for the next game and I'm going to go with a whew, I can cut with a one-all draw yeah. I make all the decisions in this family <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to go nil-all but I actually can never see Shamrock Rovers on again in Europe last time we drew nil-all last time we drew nil-all was the key was the key and we have a text from uh, your ma. She says, two all prediction. How many jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so, Live show audience. Uh, no show next week. Uh, we'll be back after Cyprus. Uh, we might record that one early on the Sunday and then get out on the bank holiday Monday. We'll see what happens. I know Gary will be chomping at the bit to get back into the hot seat that you used to in today. Have to prove himself all over again. So that will be episode 99 at the start of August and then straight on to our 100th extravaganza. So we're running a podcast bus to Cork on Sunday, uh, 11.30, departure if you want to get on it. You're on it, Carol, uh, aren't you? I am indeed. I need booking the lads. More details to follow. Connor's we'll <laughs> more than Melbourne. Bring your own pants. <laughs> uh, and on this bus you can project out of Ahmad without judgement. <laughs> Class, runs in the family, so... Uh... That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Just fun it out there. Uh, that's for the Colester Lenses Senior Cup game. That's on Saturday. Uh, I just realised I'll be in work that day, so I've drawn my talk. I'm not even gone. And it's just it's making me laugh that we're playing a first round Lenses Senior Cup game in August. It's, it's a 2018-19 competition. It's, Finals have been played earlier than this. It's, it's just it's such a fast competition. Like this. Like the the only reason for it is to give kids a run. Like It's the most pointless competition. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, terrible. I'll, I won't be going unless someone gives me a lift. <laughs> Would you go, Connor, if you had a lift? If I had a lift, yeah. Game of football. Would you go to Bookies? God, no. <laughs> 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 Give me a lift, Connor. <laughs>
going to pause for a moment and let everybody <laughs> wait for the dirty microphone. <laughs> they, they know it's coming. It's Colesta down there, Michael. No, Colesta bookies. We're going to hold, so you can bring it to hold. I can't give me a lip to Colesta, can you? So, yeah, I want to say thanks to the Kerns brothers today, Carol and Connor. Uh, it, was, it was great having you in. And uh, see you in Nicosia, hopefully. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff for that one. 5, 5 p.m. Irish time, I believe. And uh, so I'll be fair to both guests as I sign off. I'll say, keep on hooping. And UCD, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Prof. Cheers, Prof. Thanks very much. Take it all, little brother. You got